Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Monday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk at AM 1600, KIVA, ABQ.FM, RockofTalk.com, 550-5500. Want to make sure everybody can see us on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. You can also download our podcast after the show on Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Download the apps, RockofTalk.TV and RockofTalk.com. That's very important. So the two apps that we have rockoftalk.tv and the rockoftalk.com, even for some of our biggest fans, they do not have those apps downloaded. I was uh, talking with a gentleman earlier today, and uh, he did not have those apps, and literally he could go back for the last four years and just listen to the radio station. Uh, So when you get on those apps, please jump on those. We're also on AM 1490 KRSN. That is Santa Fe. So if you're listening to us up in Santa Fe, Tune us in on 1490 KRSN and then 107.1 in Los Alamos. The total signal, uh, that means uh, 1490, 1071 and AM 1600, has a population count of about 1.31 million people that it's covering. So it's a broad signal where we're broadcasting every single day. I don't know that any time is more important than uh, right now what we're dealing with uh, here in the state of New Mexico. I am running for mayor. I can talk and do whatever I want want, uh, on that until September 1st at 11.59 and 59 seconds uh, p.m. So I will use my time as much as possible. Very quickly uh, on that, uh, Dowd is out for the week, or actually he'll be returning on, I believe, maybe Thursday, maybe Friday. So it's going to give me a time to kind of cover the things that I want to cover as uh, far as uh, mayor. And uh, we will discuss that. Six o'clock tonight. Very special. You get to go ahead and hear the first mayoral debate. I've been invited to several other mayoral debates. Uh, The Chamber of Commerce for the Albuquerque Chamber of Commerce will have one on September the 28th. Believe it or not, my voice will actually be heard on another competing radio station. My name is not said on that radio station. They will do whatever they possibly can to block it out. Uh, Media blackout. Um, But hey, that's the way the game is going to be played um we're not going to complain about that so uh my voice will be on that particular radio station on september the 28th at 6 p.m so i'm very excited to uh to be a part of that tomorrow i will uh, be officially a candidate and at that point we can officially uh raise money as well and i will use every minute that i possibly can to raise as much money as i possibly can here on the radio station. It's what I have. We have a news conference uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Your city is in crisis. We are in trouble. The people who are running it, uh, Mayor Tim Keller, uh, as well as uh, Manny Gonzalez, who's running the county, the highest law enforcement uh, officer there, uh, are doing um, maybe not the best job that they could be doing. So we're going to help them along and provide some vision, some direction, and uh, certainly uh, give some advice on what we think is going. And we hope that you guys will all turn out uh, for the early voting all the way up until November 2nd, on which day the election actually is. Had the good fortune of visiting with uh, Chris Ramirez uh, of KOB Channel 4. Thank you, Chris, for taking the time to jump on board uh, with the uh, radio station here this afternoon, learning a little bit about that. It was uh, nice to meet him. 
And I also met uh, the conservative New Mexican for the first time. He's written a few. They have a, a staff of about five people. They've written some uh, nice stuff about us. So make sure that you guys check it out at the conservative New dot com. So you can go ahead and do that. And don't forget, folks, subscribe at rock of talk dot chat. That's uh, rock of talk dot chat. You can get uh, all that and a lot more. So I'm going to set this up. Remember, six o'clock tonight, you get to hear the first debate from last I believe Wednesday, but it's all there. I'm putting it, putting it up tonight. I'll be at the county line uh, at, uh, I don't know, 630 or so. Once I leave here, I'm heading straight over there and going to visit. If you'd like for me to talk to your group, and I've got lots and lots of people who've called in and say they want me to go talk to their group. And I'm like, well, you can listen to me on Rock of Talk TV. You can listen to me on on uh, at 4 p.m. every single day. But a lot of people want to meet me, uh, which is totally cool. I'm excited about uh, the opportunity. I like people a lot. I'm very passionate about people. And uh, so I would love the opportunity to go ahead and uh, visit you with your group. If that's something you want to put together, a luncheon of uh, 50 plus, and you want me to show up and address your group, your crowd, your business group, your your gathering, be happy to do that. Would certainly like to do more things outside of the party than inside of the party. And uh, that would be something that that would be good. So just text me directly, 550-5500, or better yet, just go ahead and leave some comments by going to fight. For 505.com. That's fight for 505.com. One more time. Please sign up right there, right now. Fight for 505.com. Tomorrow we will officially be in the race as we clear the final hurdle, which is the uh, Bernalillo County approval, which will state that we are officially in the race. So let's set this up very quickly. I've given you the five points that we're going to address. And not to bore you, but we are talking about uh, the mayor's race. So I thought I would give this time, you know, for this week uh, to really talk about our five points. First, as mayor, you got to be somebody who's running to run the city. You know, that's the most important thing. The question that I get asked all the time, well, have you ever managed a budget this big? Have you ever done something this large? Have you ever met it? I'm like, okay, vision, leadership, direction. Uh, making big decisions, you know, some people have said, well, yeah, you could definitely handle this and then then some. So depends upon your perspective. Uh, offering a direction with a certain level of energy and knowing that the ultimately that the buck stops with you is what the city is all about. A budget of about $1.3 billion is uh, what the mayor's uh, office will be in charge of in the city of Albuquerque. So pretty large uh, overall. Uh, used to be uh, significantly smaller, uh, but it has continued to grow and grow and grow. Uh, and, of course, you know, the Albuquerque Public Schools is about $1.4 billion, So very, very comparable budgets uh, in terms of, of those two. But running the city is first and foremost. And when it comes to talking about that, I'll be getting into that. That's going to be our Friday conversation. We're gonna, so we're going to stick with the first one. That'll be what I'll address on Friday. I'll uh, drill down on everything having to do with the city. Departments, focus, uh, philosophy, a lot of questions about, oh, you're just going to come in and clean house. Definitely not. We don't do that. You don't come in and look at people who have invested 5, 10, 20, 25 years in the city of Albuquerque and said, well, you know what? You don't agree with what we're doing. Uh, you're out. Or if you don't do things the way that we're doing, you're out. We've seen that philosophy. It's a philosophy of failure. It is something that both Tim Keller, as mayor of the city of Albuquerque, he's ruled with a very heavy hand. And largely without him involved in it, a woman by the name of Sarita Nair 
uh, is the one who's uh, more or less, you know, sort of pulling the strings within the city of Albuquerque. And then that same philosophy is what one Michelle Lujan Grisham has continued to do over and over and over again uh, to a very, very uh, desperate looking and uh, lackluster performance as she has had high turnover within her administration. Uh, you've seen that critical, uh, oh, look at the number of people that Trump lost. Here goes another cabinet member. Whoa. Uh, kettle meat pot. Michelle Lujan Grisham has lost 24, count them, 24 senior officials as well as cabinet members. So that'll be something that we address um, on uh, on Friday. So we'll talk about the city, how it's run, and uh, some of my ideas uh, for that uh, going forward. Uh, tomorrow, or excuse me, on Thursday, we're going to talk about commerce. That's uh, one of our five C's, the second of the five C. And I put that on my thumb because you can't do anything unless you are talking about business, growing small business, making sure small businesses can run their opera, uh, operational. We've had uh, anywhere from 40 to 52%, depending upon what you're uh, you know, looking at, whether it's the Harvard Business Review or some other economists that have said we've lost 40% of the small business. Uh, obviously, the big thing there that I'm going to be focusing on is essential versus non-essential, adding some level of dignity back into it, uh, have some big ideas for growth uh, as well. And uh, as I told Chris Ramirez uh, earlier today, I said, having crime or discussing other things uh, that get in the way of commerce is not an excuse for our failure to grow. The lackluster growth uh, during the lost decade, uh, which is 2013 all the way through 2020, I think, I think more people have actually accelerated during this downtime in COVID out of here. I don't know the numbers on that. We only have our 2020 census numbers. Uh, but we know at least for the last five, six years when everybody else was in a growth mode, everyone's pushing forward, pushing the envelope. You know, you have these unbelievable, you know, nine of the top 10 districts. And I'm going to get to that uh, at, at, during our next um, uh, segment. We have to talk about why Albuquerque continues to be a trailer in terms of not being able to embrace that growth. And there's a lot of people, believe it or not, they come here and they're like, they're very excited and very happy. Um, that uh, Albuquerque doesn't grow. They think of it as their little secret. I don't think that that's very good. Yes. Sorry, that's my little one, uh, my little first grader. So he had to come in and ask a question. Okay, so let's get to Wednesday in terms of what we're going to cover. Remember, uh, Friday City, Thursday Commerce, uh, Wednesday, I'm going to be covering corruption. That's going to be big. Uh, there's so much to talk about as far as corruption um, from Cheryl, Cheryl Williams Stapleton that you've seen up in the state house, too. You know, the things that are happening here in the city, you know, how does something like the Albuquerque Rapid Transit uh, get passed, pushed, and, uh, you know, seemingly no one's paying attention to it, more of those public-private partnerships? Uh, yes, I will absolutely remove those because I don't believe that uh, the public sector should be uh, uh, funding uh, many of these uh, private businesses who have the uh, opportunity or the leg up on that. So we're going to be talking a lot about corruption, both from a business standpoint, as well as a political standpoint. And I think that many uh, people need to understand what's truly happening in our city of Albuquerque. A lot of this stuff is by design. It's meant to happen. And uh, levers of power are uh, sort of behind the scenes. And uh, it's something that we definitely need to talk about tomorrow. Uh, obviously the big one, crime. Uh, talked a little bit earlier to Sean Willoughby. He's going to join with um, me at uh, 5.05. 
Uh, we're going to check on the condition of the two officers who are undergoing numerous surgeries. Not much has been made uh, of uh, their current conditions. Not sure why. Uh, only KOB Channel 4 has been covering that. But uh, we're going to delve into that uh, a little bit at uh, the top of the next hour. Um, but crime is going to be the focus tomorrow. And today, we're going to focus almost exclusively on the biggest story, which is really covering everything, impacting everything from crime, corruption, COVID is it. That is the center of everything. And we're going to cover uh, sort of the facts. I think we need to start addressing things uh, as they are. Uh, kudos to those businesses who aren't uh, upping the ante and the pressure. I've, I've noticed zero businesses that I've walked in. And I walked in just recently to a Circle K, walked into a Chipotle. I walked into, uh, let's see. Trying to think of another gas station, trying to think of one other place I walked in. Not anybody is enforcing. They all have their mask mandates or that we ask that you wear the mask. But by and large, people, hey, if they want to wear the mask and they're vaxxed, they can certainly do that. And then the other people, if they choose, they don't have to wear the mask. None of these store owners are really enforcing that. And I think overall that that's a very good thing. I think that's the way uh, we need to be. We don't need to be policing each other. If you choose to wear the mask, you can wear the mask. I don't think it makes you any better or any worse. It's just a personal choice that you're doing. So we're going to cover a lot of that. Uh, vaccination, you might have seen the uh, new approval for the vaccination, FDA approved. I'm a little bit leery. I don't think we've captured the entirety of the uh, COVID-19 um, 30 to 40,000 parts. So my thought is, is I think this is a bit little, it's a little haphazard, meaning that they approved it because they're trying to induce people to take the vaccine. And now that it's FDA approved, uh, they do have that. They can actually call it a vaccination. So I think that that's very important uh, that we talk about that. But uh, myself, as your mayor, I did get a question about this today. You know, I really do believe that this has a lot to do with personal choice, with businesses and choosing what they want. There is a certain level, a uh, certain requirement that uh, your mayor and your public elected uh, officials have a responsibility to inform and give you the options and tell you about what is out there and how to handle that. But to do this uh, carte blanche shutdown, uh, we've got to get into what's happening in other states, Colorado, uh, Utah, Kentucky. Uh, they are removing the power from the governor. And I'm not sure exactly to what point that Mayor Tim Keller has exercised his power in terms of, of pushing back on uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham, but I think the answer is zero. I think he hasn't done anything, that he's in lockstep. Certainly Manny has mostly, uh, Gonzalez has mostly been in lockstep. Uh, I, I got thrown out of a restaurant, you might remember, out of uh, Cafe 6855 uh, within seven minutes. I mean, that's certainly... A, a faster response call uh, on that uh, because they didn't want to uh, wear or put on the mask. So we have to talk about this. And I think we have to be less, dare I say, political. And I think it's become very political for the people who are forced maskers and forced vaxxers. Um, people are getting criminalized. And uh, the narrative is, of course, that this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated. You can't criminalize a group of people who don't want to be vaccinated. And I will continue to stand by uh, that thing where it's my body, my choice, your body, your choice. You do what you want. And if you're vaccinated and you're masked and you're doing preventive measures like taking good care of yourself, that should suffice. OK, and it's not like we don't care about you because we choose not to get masked or not to get vaxxed. That is our own personal choice. 
And I think we live in a country called the United States of America where that choice should be absolutely exercised. But you have these totalitarian edicts that are uh, coming out. And, you know, it's really interesting um, with this dialogue that's going back and forth. It's actually increased a level of pressure and I think uh, made uh, our current society a little bit uh, unlivable uh, given what we're dealing with. So there we are. That's the setup. Uh, When we return, we're going to talk about uh, those states that have been growing versus those states that haven't been. The numbers are in. The congressional districts uh, are certainly a reflection of that. And we'll do all that when we return. Plus, we'll check on weather and traffic right here in the Kiva. AM 1600 KIVA, ABQ.FM. You're welcome to text in as well. I'll answer your questions. I'll be here until 6 o'clock today. And also at the bottom, excuse me, the top of the third hour, I'm going to play the debate uh, in its entirety. It's a one hour long. Please stay tuned for that. Uh, I, I believe it is something that you're going to take away. And if you want to go ahead and, and watch the debate anytime, you can go to the website, eddiewins.com. That's eddiewins.com. Don't forget to tell your friends, family, and your world what your favorite radio station is. The Rock of Talk at abq.fm and am 1600 kiva the kiva here in albuquerque music is the great communicator on make us godly again.com well it may be the devil or it may be the lord but you're gonna have to search somebody sometimes we just need a pick me up make us godly again.com ready for some adventure then explore our new array of Lear's superior camper shells and tonneau covers at Smith's Ultimate Linings. Fiberglass base rails, trimless edges, DuPont automotive finish. Enjoy safety and superior advantages Lear offers. We'll even take $100 off with a purchase of a shell and liner. Visit our website at smithsultimate.com or call us at 505-332-1403 to begin your journey today with Smith's Ultimate Linings. Hey, it's Eddie Aragon. The staff at ABQ Guns stands for your Second Amendment rights, but they believe other freedoms are under attack by the governor's orders. Small businesses are bearing the weight of those health orders, and ABQ Guns believes she owns our state's economic collapse. ABQ Guns urges you to shop local for firearms, ammo, and accessories. Stop by the shop in Riverside Plaza, on Coors, north of Montano, or visit shop.abqguns.com. ABQ Guns, defenders of your freedom. This is Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk. Glad to be here with you to help your business. And right now, businesses are in desperate need of cash flow. Many businesses aren't going to make it through this crisis without a solution. Michael Trujillo has that solution. Host of Your Money Matters, 1130 a.m. on Saturday. Michael, how can you help these businesses get cash flow today? Well, Eddie, all they have to do is pick up the phone, give us a call, and we can help them with that cash flow because we have many different federal programs that businesses can qualify for. But more importantly, we all also have over a hundred lenders on hand ready to go ahead and provide these loans to businesses so that they can continue when we are open again for business. Let's help your small business today, folks. If you own a car dealership, commercial real estate, you have a restaurant, how about a funeral home, software development firms, engineering firm, plumbing and heating, you name it, Michael can help you. 856-1171, or you can email him directly, michael at michaeltrujillo.com. That's michael at michaeltrujillo.com. 
Want the honesty, affordability, and reliability of a household plumber without the crack? Call Rogers Plumbing and Heating, family-owned and operated since 1973, for all your plumbing needs. Reaching Albuquerque, Baylor, Moriarty, Santa Fe, New Laguna, Pueblo, and anywhere in between. Rogers Plumbing and Heating is not only fast and reliable service, being family-owned and operated since 1973 means they always put their customers first and hold each of their employees to the highest moral, professional, and ethical standards. So when you need a fix without the crack, call Rogers Plumbing and Heating at 243-9703. Hi, this is Mark Minicucci with the Minicucci Insurance Agency. We are privately held and locally owned. We market property and casualty insurance products and risk management services primarily to a variety of companies located within New Mexico and the surrounding states. We are able to meet the needs of a large international company as well as small local businesses. We focus on construction, onshore energy, defense contractors, healthcare, professional liability, and a variety of other industries. Call us today at 883-3683. Pet Food Gone Wild, located in Rio Rancho. Pampering your pets with a full-service dog wash. Pet Food Gone Wild, two stations for one to three dogs at a time. Cats, too. I'm Susanna, owner of Pet Food Gone Wild, ready to solve pet anxiety from summer thunderstorms. Come into Pet Food Gone Wild for calming treats. 10% off pets.theplaceilike.com. Get your mobile coupon and tap to call Pet Food Gone Wild at pets.theplaceilike.com. All right, and we are going to put things together now, starting with the weather. Looks like a slight chance of rain this afternoon, mainly north of town. But come Wednesday, it's going to be rainy the rest of the week. Right now, 89 degrees in Rio Rancho and 93 at the Rock of Tuck. Getting away from El Dorado High School for some reason is really tough. If you're going to be on uh, Juan Tabot, that uh, southbound trip pretty much spoiled from Montgomery all the way to Candelaria. I-25 southbound, no fun. Jefferson to Montgomery. And looks like uh, this really tough drive is built up on uh, in the South Valley on Rio Bravo. Westbound looks okay off the I-25. Get to Broadway. Oops, there come the brakes. And that's going to be the story as you cross the river over to just about, uh, looks like it's going to be Isleta. So get ready for a tough drive there. This traffic report is brought to you by LifeSpring at Salon Helena, home of Kangen Water. You change your water, you change your life. This is the healthy water. This is the good stuff. LifeSpring at Salon Helena on Manal, two and a half blocks west of uh, Wyoming on Manal. All right, we're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. It's raining in the park in the meantime. Sound of the river, you stop and you hold everything. A band is blowing Dixie, double ball time. You feel alright when you hear the music ring. 428 here in the Kiva. Let's talk about those places that are growing. Albuquerque is not. New Mexico is not. We had one of the slowest growth periods of all time. Most people on the left and the right are acknowledging that. Some people acknowledging or thinking that that is not a problem. Uh, you certainly uh, have been told that New Mexico has been is going to cap out by like 2040 and it's never going to get any more than 2.2 million people. Now, I'm not going to subscribe to that. Uh, we can certainly get into the Colorado River discussion, talking about water rights and various other things. We are a uh, state that is rich in natural resources. There's no reason why people shouldn't relocate here and uh, come to our great state. And uh, unfortunately, most of the people who are leaving are young people. And the people who are coming in 
is a significantly older crowd. Now, I don't have a problem with uh, that one way or the other uh, in terms of the people who are relocating there, but we've got to be able to keep our young people. University of New Mexico just came out with some interesting statistics. You know, at the time that uh, I went and graduated uh, from the University of New Mexico, I believe we probably had 24, 25,000 students. I'd have to go back and uh, check the accuracy of that. But here's what I can tell you, which is, I think, pretty scary. University of New Mexico is announcing a 10% drop in enrollment. We are right around 20,000. We're already having uh, difficulties at 28,000. And can you imagine uh, being hovering around 20, 21,000? Certainly doesn't bode well. And uh, by the way, congratulations, University of New Mexico. First day of school in session uh, that would be today. Now, where are these young people going? They're obviously not staying here at the University of New Mexico. And they're picking up and leaving and going other places. I, as your mayor, want to go ahead and keep as many of these people as possible. <coughs> Excuse me. You might have remembered a big uh, Mayor Tim Keller campaign where he was going to try and grow the city of Albuquerque. This is yet another one of those things uh, where he has failed uh, to get. And regardless of outside circumstances, when you commit to something, you have to be able to uh, follow through. So where are they going? Well, the answer is pretty easy. Uh, the new census data has come out, uh, this by Politico, talking about population explosions in Texas and Florida over the past decade delivered both of those states additional congressional seats in the upcoming reapportionment. Now, nationally, I'm pleased with that, as I'm sure you are uh, as well, uh, in terms of those red states becoming even more red. Texas is a little bit risky. A lot of people flocking to Austin right now, uh, as you know, it's becoming, um, dare I say, a little bit more woke uh, in all of this. Uh, yeah, one of the problems, uh, thank you for texting in, is uh, University of New Mexico required vaccines for you to be able to go back to school. A lot of universities aren't doing that a- across the country. So here is the scorecard, ladies and gentlemen. And when you look at this, uh, there it is. So there's all of the congressional seats that have continued to grow. Listen to these population explosions. When, when people are picking up and going other places, hold on. Hold on one second. Can't tell if uh, they're outside or in. Okay. So only one of those 10 districts, one of the 10 districts, Democrats. And that is 40% growth in Florida's ninth district. They added 272,000, 272,909 people. Wow. In just that district alone. Remember I told you the comparison of how much the state of Arizona grew. It grew by an entire Albuquerque at the same time that uh, Albuquerque only grew by 91 people, 2013 through 2017. Here's Texas, 22nd district, grew by 260,000 or a growth of 36.7%. How about the Texas 10th district? I mean, just these numbers, I'm going to rifle them off very quickly. 237,000, which is 33.9%. 235,000 in Texas, 26, 33.2%. Texas is, uh, 30, this is our neighboring state, ladies and gentlemen. This is the, that sucking sound that you hear coming out of the state of New Mexico. It's sucking the best and the brightest and the youngest, uh, along with the great potential that they have straight on over to Texas. This does not bode well for the state of New Mexico going forward. Texas 31st, John Carter, 33.2%, 232,000 residents. Texas third, Representative Van Taylor, 229,000. I mean, listen to this. They're growing by the combination of Rio Rancho 
and Las Cruces, the second and third largest cities in the entire state, and sucked right out of the state of New Mexico. Florida 16th, 203,000. Utah's fourth. Uh, Burgess Owens, who I just met a couple of a uh, few weeks ago, uh, they grew by 202,526. Very livable city. Uh, Burgess Owens, a, a great man. Uh, 29.8% growth. And South Carolina's first, Representative Nancy Mace, they grew by 183,559 residents. Now, what's really important for us, I think, to all agree on, and I think I can, I think you can agree with me on this. Don't we want to grow? The question is, do we want to keep New Mexico this secret? Don't we want people to stay here? Sometimes I wonder when you watch the news and you see what people are talking about, it's like they don't care whether or not people are coming to the state of New Mexico or if they are, a lot of people are characterizing it. Well, it's not the right people coming to New Mexico because they're bringing even increasingly leftist politics uh, uh, this direction. And that, as we've proven over the last 86 to uh, 90 years, has not, boded, has not bode well for the state of New Mexico. So that's a question for anybody to go ahead and answer. If you want to go ahead and text me directly, 550-5500, I'd like to know, do you want Albuquerque? Do you want New Mexico to grow? I would think that you would increase the tax base, bringing more people with their income, their ideas, and we want to entice people to come in, and not the wrong people, okay? Not the wrong people. We don't want to have higher levels of criminals. We don't want to have higher levels of illegal immigrants coming into the state of New Mexico. However you feel about that, uh, it, I, I don't care because I know it's the wrong thing. Again, I'll tell you when it comes to immigration, the biggest people who are advocates against illegal immigrants are the people who did it right and who are legal immigrants and who are here. My good friend who passed away last year, Salim Khoury, he wants people to do it right. People have to wait in line, pay their dues, do the right thing. He passed suddenly. He was the owner of Flames Bistro, you might remember. Like These are important things to get out there. Do we want the right population? We want to attract more jobs. How do we attract more jobs? We uh, uh, try to entice more manufacturing base. That certainly was one of the cries of a lot of people who were following Trump. Made in the USA. People who were trying to, oh, we got a relocation of a, ma a manufacturer here, a manufacturer there. And people celebrate that stuff. That's the stuff that's written in the business pages. Interestingly enough, it was Donald Trump himself, even as a Republican, who brought the unions underneath the umbrella of backing him. I think that was incredibly important. I myself come from a union uh, background. My father was a journeyman, became the owner of a, of a company, employed literally thousands of workers over a period of the last 32 years as a contractor, as a subcontractor, working very hard. And I got to tell you, it's become increasingly hard for him to go and hire people here in the state of New Mexico. Why? Because people are finding more opportunities somewhere else. Contractor or construction workers generally go to wherever the work is. They'll travel. They're willing to go. Uh, anywhere that they possibly can. Unfortunately, a lot of the work just is not here, regardless of whether or not they have a house. And there's a, there's another very important part. Uh, we're not rolling out any new housing uh, here in the state of New Mexico as well. So uh, are they on to us? Are they home builders? We're building lots of apartments. Uh, it's next to impossible to find an apartment. You're on a, a three to six month wait for most apartments here in town. And when it comes to homes, 
Well, you're not only paying asking price, but you're paying asking price plus closing costs uh, in addition to anything that the owner wants. And uh, it's not even going to appraise for what you're trying to buy the house for. So you've got to bid it up and spend another ten, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. Are they on to us and that we don't want to grow here in the city of Albuquerque? I think so, which is why they're not rolling out speculative land and not to mention the cost of development, the Albuquerque City and Planning Department from a commercial real estate as well as residential development drags their feet over and over and over again, and it makes housing less affordable. If there were more units that were on the market, this would be one of those places that people would relocate. Maybe the people in the city and the planning don't, city and planning department don't want this city to grow. So we've got to find where the bottlenecks are and really sort of push through those and change our attitude about, hey, you know what? You want to fill up a soccer stadium? You want to fill up a uh, a baseball stadium, you want to fill up the pit, you want to go ahead and, and bring the esprit de corps, and, and we love Albuquerque, and we love New Mexico. Well, we've got to grow Albuquerque because the population has been absolutely stagnant, and I don't think that that's a good thing. Maybe you do. I think you're on the wrong side of that argument because one of the things that is hurting us is that we might be attractive if people are passing through or for a stay uh, but we're not attracting people here for the long term. And I think the young people are on to that. And so they're saying, well, there's not much uh, left here for me here in the state of New Mexico. I'm going to pick up and leave. I'm 11th generation. My kids are 12th. I want to keep them here. I don't want that to be the trend uh, going forward. 550-5500 if you want to text in. That's 550-5500. Uh, anything that you want to uh, talk about, I'm uh, certainly uh, open to as well. as check on weather and traffic. Rudy Grande. <laughs> put things together we start with the weather which is kind of a rainy forecast from Wednesday forward maybe some rain this afternoon as well on the north side like around Placidas but right now it is 93 at the Rock of Talk still pretty stubborn heading into the South Valley Rio Bravo westbound going to be slightly uh, tight coming off the I-25 major tight from Broadway all the way over to just about Isleta so budgeting a lot of extra time there not much fun on the I-25 southbound Jefferson to uh, looks like Montgomery and looks like it's going to be a little slow as you make your way on Paseo del Norte westbound, kind of from 2nd Street where you start to lose the speed. That is the story all the way out to Coors Boulevard. This traffic report brought to you by Salon Deluxe in Country Club Plaza in Rio Rancho. Salon Deluxe always treats you special. Listen, they're the cleanest salon in Rio Rancho. You can find out why by simply going to their website, salondeluxe.com. We're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll bring it back with uh, Rudy. There we go. Good, good questions. Uh, Would you build another stadium we don't need? No way, no how. And you have a choice to push back. And as I've already told you, and you'll hear in the debate tonight, I believe the voters of Albuquerque will vote that down. 440, back and forth. Thanks for listening. You could have a steam train. Hi, I'm Ben Lucero, president and owner of Indigo Mortgage and proud to be a locally owned and operated mortgage company right here in New Mexico. Being local carries many positives for consumers, such as being able to meet face-to-face, 
You will receive quick response times and all loans are processed here locally. And you will always talk with the same people from application to funding. All of our employees live here and all profits from loan origination stay right here in New Mexico. Indigo Mortgage believes in supporting our local economy. And if at all possible, we use local vendors for supplies and technical support. I personally hire and vet all loan officers, and I assure you that your loans will be dealt with both ethically and with knowledge. Indigo Mortgage can offer the best rates and terms available on the market, so contact us today on the net at indigomortgage.net or by calling 836-5700. That's 836-5700. Indigo Mortgage, because nobody cares more about your mortgage loan. NMLS 188-348. Salon Deluxe and Tan Rio West have partnered together to offer hair, nail, and skin care with our signature Solitone, Lumi Facial, and Lumi Lift, and Brazilian Blowout. And this is Deb Slight from Tan Rio West Life. We specialize in permanent makeup, tattoo removal, Botox, Juvederm, spray tan, and eyelash extensions. You can reach us at 896-0586 at the salon or call Deb at Tan Rio, 994-2390. We're located at the Country Club Plaza in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. In our increasingly busy world, it is always nice to take a little time to sit down and relax. At Monty's Cigar Shop, we offer everything to help you do just that. There's nothing better than spending time smoking a great premium cigar with family and friends. Monty specializes in artisanal, hand-rolled cigars that make up just 2% of the worldwide cigar market. With over 2,000 different kinds of the absolute best cigars for you to choose from, you are guaranteed to find the perfect fit. Whether you've been smoking cigars for years or you're just starting out, we'll find the right cigar for you. Stop by and see us at 3636 San Mateo in Albuquerque or give us a call at 505-881-7999. That's 505-881-7999. 2020 has impacted so many things, one of which is how we live in our home, how we work from home, do school from home, even how we have meals, social connecting, and enjoying entertainment in our home. This is Tracy Venturi of Venturi Realty Group of Keller Williams Realty. Every year, 10% of homeowners sell their home. For 2021, it's estimated that the number will be even higher. For many, the plan to move in the past year was derailed or postponed, and many more have recognized the need for a different home for how they live now. You may not be ready to sell your home yet, but at some point, you're curious about how much your home is worth. Don't trust an automated online estimate to know the value of what is most likely your most important asset, especially in today's fast-moving market. Call us, the number one Keller Williams real estate group in New Mexico, your neighborhood expert. And when you do decide to sell, don't leave money on the table. You can choose the number one real estate team that will get you premium marketing and maximum value. Call today, 448-8888, or visit us online at welcomehomeabq.com. Amazing Grace Personal Care Services is companion care at a reasonable rate, including mobile assistance, meal preparation, household services, cognitive assistance, and support services, and more. 505-796-4900. That's 505-796-4900. No matter where your journey starts, it will end at Ann Matthews Bridal, where you will get to say yes to the dress. The Ann Matthews selection from nine top designers, including the Disney collection to 18 different lines, brings the shopping experience of New York and Dallas right here to Albuquerque. Call 890-3736 for your own personal shopping experience. Ann Matthews Bridal, 890-3736. Located across the street from Coronado Center at 6121 Manal Boulevard.
445 here in the Kiva, 550-5500 text. If you want to go ahead and get those in, let me uh, rifle those off uh, for you. I'll uh, answer them quickly. And please be serious. I'll just toss out the ones that are just trying to interfere. Um, <clears throat> if you don't win, Eddie, you will take, okay. The cartels will take over the state like <laughs> they leave the thousands upon thousands of Afghanistan to die. What do you think they're doing? Okay. If these idiots want to contribute to be criminals. Okay. All right. Let's, let's, we got a, we got a mayoral race to focus on folks. So let's, let's, uh, let's keep this focused. Eddie, I wrote a poem titled Eddie for Mayor. Would love to read it to you, even if it is off the air. Is there a way to do this? You can uh, call in. Uh, let me know when you're calling in. I'll let you go ahead and read that. Uh, any new info on the healthcare worker situation? I know that they had a meeting on Friday at 7 p.m. I texted that out. If somebody wants to synopsize uh, to this, this would be the day to do it because uh, I will be talking about uh, and continue talking about COVID. So, I don't have anything from all accounts. It was uh, pretty, it was pretty good from all accounts. It was pretty good. All right. Uh, Steve checks in. How many people have to move here for their job versus those who want to move here, but don't do to our crime stats, lowest in education, leading in poverty and it's far left leaders. And see, that's the kind of conversation and talk and speak that I get tired of, which is why I want to change the way that we speak about it. And let's push back in the other direction. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm jumping in. And I think we can change the trajectory in the direction of, of this. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you can do it after I talk to Sean Willoughby. That's fine. Uh, Eddie, regarding corruption, you could find inside information on state purchasing contracts that never seem to go out on bid. Once in place, you could uncover decades of repeat contracts. Sure, we could. We can evaluate that. Very interesting. Our own um, mayor himself uh, was the state auditor. How did the Cheryl William Stapleton uh, stuff get by for so long? You know, that's one of I, a question I'm sure a lot of people would have. So I think that was just a, another lifting off point for him. Eddie, I'm looking forward to uh, voting for you and tossing out Timmy. You can listen to the debate tonight. Uh, that'll be on at 6 p.m. So make sure that you guys uh, jump on that at 6 p.m. Eddie, I believe in you. You will run the city better than anyone has in a long time. I'm glad to hear you want clean house. There are people in place who are actually good at their jobs. That's exactly right. You know, one of the biggest complaints I've heard from city workers is they don't feel appreciated at all. They don't feel appreciated. There's a, a bit of a, a, a number of people who are fighting back internally and they don't feel listened to either. Would you build another stadium we don't need? No, I would not. Absolutely. I don't believe in giving any money whatsoever to Peter Travestiani of the New Mexico United. Uh, you may have seen the latest uh, news that's coming out on them. New Mexico United announcing capacity limits for home games. While at the very same time, they're pining for a stadium. Um, so they're going to restrict it. I believe the stadium that they have designed for themselves is 9,500 seats, which is, uh, I'm not sure if that's, that's normal capacity anyway. I think the most number of, uh, fans that they've had, and I could be wrong. It's not something I track, but I think it was right around 13,000 um, that they've had. On Sunday, United announced they will be capping the capacity at 66%, which is 9,500 seats. Uh, Travesiani said, if something changes dramatically one way or another, we will adjust according accordingly. The same thing we've been doing for the last two years. There's the answer right there. Why do we need another stadium if we're unsure about how many times we're going to be uh, going and repeating uh, this COVID, uh, the COVID is uh, here in the state of New Mexico. 
And that's exactly what it is. Grow? No. You're wrong. You're on the wrong side of the argument. This city and the state needs to grow, period. We have the resources to do it. One of the things that so many people complain about is the equal ages of Arizona versus uh, New Mexico. Let me tell you, Arizona far more prosperous than New Mexico has been. I think we can start to change that. And maybe in 100 years, what would that look like when uh, you and I are gone? Uh, we could hopefully leave something behind. If you want to read about me, uh, the uh, About Eddie Aragon side, you can read my entire story. You can find that at fightfor505.com. That's fightfor505.com. Uh, hi, Eddie. Here's an analogy for our crime situation with respect to building a soccer stadium. The crime in our city is like a child with a broken leg. We would not go out and buy a child a new skateboard to make the child feel better about the broken leg. Interesting. We need to apply proper attention and resources to that broken leg so it could heal. Heal our city. There we go. I, li I like that. UNM shouldn't have required vaccines. Stated that earlier. I'll state it once again. Um, can't see URLs, so worthless to send them to me. Eddie, will the voter fraud machines be fixed by November? Albuquerque needs you. No, I don't think that they are going to be improved in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so that's why we have to turn out en masse. Okay? It has to be out of doubt, meaning we have to have significantly more people. Do I think we can get more than 50%? Uh, I'm standing here in front of you today knowing that we can get 50, more than 50%. The question that was asked of me, uh, very interesting, like, don't you think you're splitting the vote? Um, Manny Gonzalez is a Democrat. Tim Keller is a Democrat. I can talk about all the reasons why both of them, and it's not just pictures with you know famous liberal politicians like Joe Biden and... <laughs> Barack Obama, it actually has to do with their policies, and I'm happy to go ahead and save that for some of the debates, but uh, an interesting uh, track record, to say the least. I don't understand how going to Washington, D.C., being one time with Donald Trump, when half of Republicans don't like Trump in the first place, but that suddenly makes our sheriff a Republican, an honorary Republican. Those two are Democrats. They're going to divide the vote. Neither one of them are very charismatic or very inspirational as far as I'm concerned. I mean, if you want real inspiration and uh, passion and people and someone who cares about the job, select me. You'll get me for mayor, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, I can certainly, and please, to the debate tonight, 6 p.m. I will absolutely demonstrate that to you. So uh, will the voter fraud machines be fixed by November? The answer is no. But we have to try it. We have to see what's wrong with this election. We have to uh, turn out en masse. Uh, we're going to probably need a 5-6% uh, confidence, uh, meaning over the 50% in order to get there. Sounds steep, doesn't it? Sounds really steep. But we start our uh, fundraising uh, tomorrow uh, once we're officially admitted into that, and I think it's going to look pretty good for us. So uh, that's the way that I see it right now. Uh, so many naysayers who are active in both parties are pushing against me, but I believe that it's going to be the people who are going to rescue the city because they know what is needed. Eddie, where and when, what time is your press conference? And do you need people there? No, I don't. We're not doing any public press conference for all people. If you want to host an event and you want me to be there, I'm happy to go ahead and uh, visit any of your events uh, at whatever time to get with our scheduler and uh, she'll uh, go ahead and handle everything for you. Active crime scene at Wyoming and central. Thank you. Driving to Albuquerque and listening on your app. Appreciate that. Um, and there you go. 550 
5,500. Now, let me jump into this. Let me check on weather and traffic very quickly for Rudy Grande. Go ahead, Rudy. All right, as we put things together with the uh, weather, we're going to say uh, pretty decent day today. It looks like rain coming Wednesday through the weekend, and it's 93 at the Rock of Talk. I was just going to tell you about Wyoming and Central. Not sure if that was a pedestrian accident or what kind of uh, uh, situation it is, but do know Central and Wyoming will be slow for you in all directions. Also, if you're on Paseo del Norte westbound, no fun from 2nd Street out to Coors Boulevard. And, again, you're going to be pumping the brakes on Paseo del Norte westbound from the Petroglyphs all the way up to Universe. In the South Valley, no fun Rio Bravo from Broadway to Isleta. This traffic report is brought to you by Amazing Grace Personal Care Services. This is home care that your folks are going to need. They will help in all kinds of ways, meal preparation, cognitive assistance. If you want to get a hold of Amazing Grace, Go to home care, all one word, dot theplaceilike.com. We're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. All right. Uh, thanks, Rudy, for that. We got six minutes here, and uh, let me rifle off a few things. We talked about the New Mexico United announcing capacity limits uh, at home games. I think that sort of nixes part of the, the stadium push uh, that's coming from them. Uh, you know, if they're going to be dropping seats, we're going to go through another season of shutting down. Why are we talking about a stadium at this point? Why are we? Why not take that? I'll, I'll bet you I know what we would spend $50 million on. We spend $50 million to go ahead and blow through the Albuquerque Rapid Transit. We can talk about a cost-benefit there, and I think that that's a much better way if you want to go ahead and go bonding that way. Uh, maybe that's a much better uh, choice, especially to sort of reopen uh, Knob Hill and downtown because uh, both have uh, been de- decimated as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Murder Mike is on the Wyoming and Central. Uh, Eddie heard a second of the debate tonight. Can you text your points to connect details? Uh, listening to the radio station. I can't handhold every single person, okay? For the eighth time tonight, uh, it's going to be at 6 p.m. tonight, or you can go to eddiewins.com if you, you can't wait and you want to go ahead and uh, watch that. So that is uh, from last week. Alamogordo Center of Commerce cancels the White Sands Music Festival. More of the same. More of the same mentality. Okay, so this isn't happening until September 10th through the 12th. They had 21,000 visitors last or two years ago when they were there, and now they are going to cancel it already. All because of Michelle Lujan Grisham and the new edicts that are coming down. I do want to talk about that in hour number two, because those edicts that are coming down once again, most state legislatures have met. Most of those state legislatures have already met. And they push back against the onerous, tyrannical push. Did you know that we here in the state of New Mexico have never left the emergency uh, use authorization territory? But states like Pennsylvania, states like, uh, I don't know, take your pick. Every other state has already pushed back and they reopened June, reopened July. We have stayed under the emergency uh, uh, restrictions that we started back on May 13th of last year. They have never been lifted, ladies and gentlemen. They continue to be in place. That woman, your governor, is also head of all the governors throughout the rest of the uh, the country. There's no doubt she's using us as an agenda uh, piece for her to continue to drive home those edicts. Cuomo's out tomorrow. His last day, I believe, is tomorrow. Yes, it's today. I believe that as he left today, uh, he uh, left his dog behind. (laughs) He left his dog behind. That's just a a little aside there. Um, 
the Kentucky High Court has cleared the way for the legislature to rein in the governor's COVID-19 emergency powers. One of the bills that took aim at Governor Bashir's emergency powers require Kentucky legislature to extend the governor's COVID-19 regulations and emergency orders to have them face expiration after 30 days. Why don't we have that here? Well, a lot of it has to do with the fact that we, as Republicans and conservatives, don't have enough people to push back at the state level. Not to mention, this year, the legislature hardly met. Most of their meetings uh, during the legislature, during the short-term legislature of uh, 2021, was all done virtually. Pretty hard to get people going uh, on that. They, uh, They were meeting few and far between. Actually, I think it was 60 days this year, 30 days last year. So that's what we're looking at. We need to be able to push back against the governor. And it's not just the governor, but it's that office to have that much power. The office of the governor, the executive office of the governor of the state of New Mexico should not have uh, that much power. The other thing that's also very curious, and I was talking to our group uh, this morning on Telegram, and I was saying, well, we have an interim, your interim director uh, for the Department of Health, your cabinet secretary is Dr. Scrace himself. We've gone through two Department of Health cabinet secretaries. Yeah, we're still under the emergency use authorization uh, situation and nothing has changed. Does they actually have the ability to keep us in this particular situation? Well, now that we've accepted it, we continue to accept it. uh, We're never going to be able to push back on it unless you say no. Tyranny will finally and ultimately stop once you say no. You decide how far it's going to go. And I can tell you right now, businesses, as one texter uh, said is businesses are not enforcing the mask mandate. They are absolutely not doing it. Very, very different. So that's something that each and every one of you should be paying attention to. I'm going to bring it back with Sean Wilby after the top of the hour news. Tell everybody that you know, go to fight4505.com, sign on to volunteer, sign on for swag, uh, sign on to make a donation. We're going to start those donations tomorrow. I want to see big money, big donations. If you guys really care about this city, you're going to put everything on the line to save the city. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Hour by hour, flights are evacuating Americans and refugees out of Afghanistan. That's according to National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, who said 26 countries across four continents are helping the United States to transport refugees. Regarding the August 31st deadline of having troops out of Afghanistan, Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby says that will not change. We would absolutely uh, consider the views and opinions of of our allies and partners who also have people there and, and, and are, as the general brief, very much a part. Uh, moving people out. Mississippians who test positive for COVID-19 could face jail time for ignoring at-home isolation orders. Failure to obey the new order can result in a $5,000 fine or up to five years in prison. You're listening to USA Radio News. If cancel culture and censorship continue at their current pace, there will soon be nothing left of the truth. The Epic Times was founded to keep truth alive. We ask the questions we think you'd ask. We check facts without regards to any political agenda. No one tells us what to cover or how to cover it. We're not influenced by big corporations or political parties. 
our greats passing us to expose the spread of socialism and communism. We cover the Chinese Communist Party and how it works to subvert American education and politics. We cover big issues like election integrity, the exploding national debt, the fight against coronavirus, and the truth about its origins. We cover Democrats and Republicans in exactly the same way. We have a special trial subscription offer right now. One month of our printed paper and total access to our amazing online content for just $1. You'll find it at TrustedNewspaper.com. One month, $1. TrustedNewspaper.com. Help the Epic Times keep truth alive. How will history look back on the Biden administration's handling of the Afghanistan crisis along with the border crisis and rising inflation rates. The humanitarian crisis created by open border policies at the U.S.-Mexico border, violent crime on the rise throughout American cities, inflation hurting American families with much higher food and gas prices. Kentucky Congressman Republican James Comer is telling Fox News that history will not be kind to President Biden and his Afghanistan withdrawal crisis. Well, we certainly can't remove all the troops until every American and uh, all of our allies who we want out of Afghanistan or out of Afghanistan. And I think history will show it's the right decision to remove the troops from Afghanistan. However, you remove your citizens before you remove the troops. From the West Coast USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Lance Pry. Monday is New York Democrat Governor Andrew Cuomo's last day in office. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Alaroos. If you like my radio show, you're going to love my podcast, War Raw. Each podcast, I present my top ten most outrageous, salacious, and controversial stories of the week. I break down the best of the best raw truth stories for conservatives, libertarians, patriots, taxpayers, Trumpers, and deplorables. Anyone who appreciates God, guns, gold, and tax cuts will stand up and cheer for War Raw. Check out this week's War Raw podcast right now. It's available to download at iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you listen to podcasts. War Raw. War Raw. In August of 2020, protests broke out in Kenosha, Wisconsin, after Jacob Blake was left paralyzed after being shot by a police officer several times. Wisconsin Congressman Brian Stile joins Fox News to explain how the city has bounced back one year after the shooting. We've made a lot of progress over the last year, but we had three terrible nights last summer when our Democratic governor, Governor Evers, failed to provide the resources that were needed to end criminal behavior in the city of Wisconsin, in the city of Kenosha. It's what we saw play out across the United States. Our Democratic governor, like liberals across the United States, failed to draw the bright line between a First Amendment right and criminal activity. And the result was played out on TV screens across the United States of America. The city's come a long way since then. I walked the Fourth of July parade just the other day. There's still scars. There's still a handful of buildings boarded up with signs pointing out that people live in those buildings to asking those protesters and those rioters not to burn down those buildings. But overall, the city's come back strong and it's going to come back ultimately stronger than ever before. Forty people are still missing following historic flooding in parts of Tennessee. That's according to a spokesperson for Humphreys County Emergency Management Agency. Search and rescue efforts are ongoing after the small town of Waverly got hit with 17 inches of rain over the weekend. Meantime, at least 21 people are dead with all but one of those happening in Waverly. The city is about 65 miles west of Nashville. For USA Radio News. The 
alcohol. Break. All right, let's put things together as we get hour number two underway, and we're going to start with the weather. Hi, everybody. I'm Rudy Grande, and it's going to be a rainy week starting Wednesday through the weekend. Right now, though, not too terribly bad. I know it's partly cloudy. looks like some rain maybe on the north side, but that seems to be the, the biggest story right now. Otherwise, it's 92 at the Rock of Talk. All right, again, if you're coming out of Kirtland Air Force Base, you want to avoid Wyoming and Central police activity there. So scooch on over east and use Eubank north out of the base, and that'll save you some time, even though I know it's a little heavy northbound on Eubank from Chico up to I-40, but get beyond that super drive. As far as uh, getting across Rio Bravo, still stubborn. If you westbound on Rio Bravo, the worst is going to be Broadway over to Isleta. And if you drive is on Coors Boulevard southbound, not a lot of fun as you wind your way from uh, La Orilla over to Montano. And Paseo del Norte westbound, that's not uh, a good drive right now. It is going to be slow, second up to Coors Boulevard. And this traffic report is brought to you by Monty Cigar Shop. It's on, uh, Monty's is on San Mateo, just north of Comanche. they got the biggest humidor, and here's the advantage of that. That means nearly 2,000 types of cigars, and we're talking about all kinds and all kinds of prices. This is a place to get your cigars for a great relaxing night with friends and family. Again, Monty Cigar Shop on San Mateo, just uh, north of Comanche. All right, we're up to date. Let's dive into the Rock of Talk. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon. Eddie Aragon, the Rocker Talk on AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, RockerTalk.com. Don't forget you can catch us on Roku TV. If you have a Roku, there we are, Rocker Talk. Amazon Fire, find us on that Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV as well. Uh, you can SoundCloud us, uh, you can Spotify us, you can Stitcher us. Uh, you can also download our apps, rockoftalk.com, rockoftalk.tv. Up in Santa Fe on 1490 KRSN, Santa Fe, 107.1 in Los Alamos. And as always, we have our rockoftalk.chat site uh, as well. Uh, hopefully, uh, Sean is one of the guys that is uh, on hold very quickly just to kick things off. And I'll give you a reason why people should move here to the state of New Mexico and Albuquerque. MLG of the Democrat stranglehold. My wife worked for the local DEA office here in Albuquerque. Every time they got a new lead agent for the Albuquerque office, they would end up transferring out because they didn't want their families here. That's sad. We got to change that. Uh, we can do better. Um, boy, that's uh, that's tough to hear. Uh, Vanessa says, very few businesses seem to be enforcing the mask mandate this time around, Eddie. However, this morning, my gym, Define Fitness of all places, told me and one of the person we had to leave if we didn't want to put a mask on. We refused to leave. They threatened to call the police. Uh, cancel your membership. Simple as that. There's plenty of other businesses who want your business. Uh, sports and wellness would be one. Go see Sean on the west side. This morning, they lost two customers, Eddie. One of us is a Navy veteran, and we are both fully vaccinated. Idiocy. Absolute total idiocy. Saw that Blair Dunn is suing over the jab mandates and the passports into the state fair. Good. I think they need that. Eddie, first and foremost, let me thank you for your radio station and for running for mayor. You have my support. My name is Eric. I moved here five years ago from... San Diego, and I love this state. One of the things you mentioned was trying to get Albuquerque to grow, right? Like, that's big. Biggest thing that breaks my heart since I moved here is seeing so many businesses close, whether it's because of mismanagement or the owner or because of our wonderful, quote-unquote, governor. There you go. Let's take a couple of uh, calls. Hopefully one of these is Sean. Uh, calling in the Kiva. Hey, this is Sean Willoughby, sir. Hey, How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for calling in. I know you're busy. We want to... Get an update on what's happening uh, with uh, the police officers 
our two wounded uh, assembly line members and pillars of the community. What's uh, what's going on? Well, um, it's all been very positive. Um, I don't have a formal update from their doctor or anything, but um, I went to the hospital today to visit one of our guys or both of our guys that are still admitted into the hospital. Um, the officer um, that was shot in the arm, he's doing good. He's had multiple surgeries. Um, we're praying that he gets to save that arm and he can make a full recovery. Wow. Uh, Mar- um, Mario, he was in surgery when I went to the hospital today, so I was able to talk to um, the, the family and get an update. It's been positive. Um, the, the outpour of support from this community has been amazing. Um, Albuquerque Good. does cri- does crisis well. Um, you can always see um, the heart of this community when something like this happens. Um, these guys, we're rooting for them. We're praying for them. It looks like they're recovering and they're, they're doing strong. We're just taking it day by day. Um, we had another officer that was injured with his eye. I know he had eye surgery. He's recovering at home. Um, it's just been a crazy week, Eddie. It's been a crazy week, but uh, you know your Albuquerque police officers are out there right now um, to to protect you. They're out there working hard every single day, showing up, doing the best they can with what they have. And um, this has just been a, a, an incredibly worrisome and frustrating week for all of us. How are you guys taking donations on behalf of the families? How can people help and get involved? Well, the APOA a few years back noticed that there was this void with fake GoFundMes and GoFundMe this and different people um, literally take advantage of crises like this. We started the uh, Albuquerque Police Foundation, New Mexico Law Enforcement Foundation. 100% of your donation goes to these wounded warriors. There's no overhead. It's a volunteer board. 100% of the monies that come in go directly to officers who are killed and injured in the line of duty, and it's all over the state. Uh, we definitely need all the support we can get right now. I know that Star Brothers Brewery did 20% of their profits over the weekend and donated it to the foundation. Um, I believe this Wednesday, Pizza 9 is going to be giving profits to the foundation. And anybody and everybody that wants a safe place to donate to ensure that that money gets into the hands of these cops that need that money, go to the foundation. New Mexico Law Enforcement Foundation, New Mexico Law Enforcement Fund. We have a website. You can donate. It's easy, and it's safe and secure. All right. Uh, and one more time, that website is? Um, it's going to be New Mexico Law Enforcement Fund, and you can also get to it by Albuquerque ABQ Police Fund Foundation. So both of those um, will take you directly to that website, Eddie. And if you want, I'll send you a copy of the yeah, actual website. Good, you good can put deal, it on yeah. your Facebook. Um, so we need all the help that, that, that this community is willing to get. These guys have an a extremely long recovery ahead of them. Um, and we just, all, all the help, all, all the prayer, everything that can come our way, we definitely need it right now. How's the morale of the other police officers out there? Um, is it improving now that they're seeing the outpouring support for these police officers? How do they feel right now um, in, as far as, you know, what's going on? Be honest with us. Well, I'll tell you this. It's like, you know, the morning we get the call that two, three, four of our officers are in a gunfight. Three of them are down. All four of them are at the hospital. Everybody just jumps into action. Like, we, I mean, people left their houses. They were off duty. Just everybody was there to help. So it starts off a day like that with concern and just wanting to be there to help your brothers and sisters. Huge thank you to every law enforcement agency that was there, our federal partners, BCSO, Rio Rancho, everybody that jumped into action that day 
you are the state police. You guys are so appreciated. You have no idea. Um, and then it turns into just anger, Eddie, because we've been calling this out for the last year. We've been calling this. We've been waiting for some tragedy to happen to the Albuquerque Police Department. Our, we have de-policed this community. Um, we, we carry cards around that say what misdemeanors we can't arrest on. Um, these officers are absolutely terrified and hesitant every single time they're out with somebody and the bad guys know it and they're more brazen. We've had a huge right. increase in attacks on police. I think over the last two months, there's been five incidents where people shot at our Albuquerque police officers, one FBI agent. So we knew this was going to happen. And I mean, it's time to change the yep. city of Albuquerque. We're not asking to leave the settlement agreement. We're not asking, we're not fucking reform. We're asking for simple common sense policies. The city of Albuquerque is a party. They have the right to dictate policies that work for Albuquerque. We need Albuquerque to stop capitulating to everything the monitoring team and the DOJ says. We need some common sense policies that our officers can actually perform the job this community demands and deserves of them. And we need it right now. Good. So it's, frustrating. Sean it's frustrating for Albuquerque police officers. We're I, concerned I and we're praying for our people. And we're actually really pissed off because we knew this was coming. Well, we're behind you. I'm behind you, as always. As you know, we're going to do everything we can. It was no time for politics. Uh, it was time for everybody to come together. It looks like the community certainly did that, even though the politicians uh, didn't. And uh, we want to get an update with you uh, at the next uh, opportunity. And uh, our best in, uh, to you, and our thoughts and prayers with the families of those uh, directly affected, which includes every officer out there today. Thank you so much, sir, for letting me have a piece of the action and be a part of the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. All right, there he is, All Detective right. Sean Willoughby, uh, APOA president, uh, checking in with the current conditions uh, over at the University of New Mexico Hospital for uh, our police officers who have gone through multiple surgeries, and uh, they are in uh, critical but stable condition. One of them is the other one is is in stable condition. All right, Cole, you're in the Kiva very quickly. Go ahead. This is Stephanie with the points. Eddie's the mayor. Oh, hey, Stephanie. How are you? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm blessed. Thank you. Here you go. (laughs) Okay. Are you tired of of rising crime and street corners with beggars over a decade of time? A city not of illegals, but illegals crossing our borders to prick us like needles? To increase the presence of our police and make a safer city, more cars will be on the streets. Let's turn the city around by taking a stand before in crime we drown. Feel the burn. Choose, don't lose by taking a turn. A cure for the blues you won't regret, so let Eddie rule. He'll do his best by working hard, not stopping to rest. A leader of the pack, putting Albuquerque first. He'll keep things running right on track. So what do you say to all who cares? Eddie for mayor. Oh, that's great, Stephanie. Thank you. That's a good one. I really like send that to me. And uh, that, that's so sweet for you to go ahead and put that together. I mean, how long have you been uh, a resident here in Albuquerque? Born and bred? or um, No, I was born and bred in Biloxi, Mississippi. And you're glad, you're, you're glad to be here in, in Albuquerque and you want this home to be restored to what it once was. Yes, I moved here in 1975. Wow. And by the way, that uh, definitely that's the year that I was born. So uh, it was kind of interesting. I was looking at this uh, last night and just the people who travel through and the things that have happened. And 
And, uh, you know, we have not really had some any real good growth decades uh, since that time. Uh, the fastest growing uh, decades were, you know, the 80s and the 90s uh, for Albuquerque. And I'm going to ask you just a straight up question. But uh, would you like to see Albuquerque grow? Do you think that we need more residents here and uh, grow more people who want to be part of Albuquerque? Well, it's odd you ask that question because my husband just recently passed. In fact, it'll be five months Thursday. I'm so and sorry. And I've seriously considered leaving the state because of the politics. Well, stay here. So, but Let's, I would uh, love to stay. This is my home. I feel like yeah. I'm a native. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so sorry for the loss of your husband. And uh, well, I, I'm sure it's been a very, very difficult year. But we're going to give you some hope this year and uh, something to fight for. And uh I want to keep you here, Stephanie, in your home. So, well, I would love to do that, and I'm hoping you win. And <laughs> I'm planning on volunteering for your campaign, doing okay. what I can do. All right. And um, I'm happy to write or try, no promises or guarantees, but to try to write other poems addressing certain issues if you're interested in using them. Yeah. You just bring them right on the uh, radio station, and maybe we can make you the uh, – the uh, the person who writes all the poems for the campaign. How about that? Well, I can try. Okay, we'll see what we can do. You just give me a topic to write it on, and I'll do my best. All right, just pick anything. So, oh. Like today was COVID, so we can talk about that or just about anything else. <laughs> Stephanie, thank you so much for calling in, okay. and my thoughts and prayers need- are with you during this time of grieving. Eddie, I need your email to send it. Oh, rockoftalkatme.com, rockoftalkatme.com. That's M-E, right? At me, yes, as in me.com. Okay, got it. Thank All right, you. there we go. I appreciate it. That was very sweet. That's very nice. Anything to sort of uh, move the needle, and I appreciate that. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva on AM1600, KIVABQ.FM, rockoftalk.com. Matt Texan, we need population growth. There's population growth in order to grow the economy. Countries with stagnant population growth and states with stagnant population growth by G's just basic math, do not grow. Really, it comes down to more people buying more things instead of less people buying less things. 519, back and forth. So, living in a shotgun shack, and you may find yourself in another part of the world, and you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile, and you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife, and you may ask yourself, well,
full-service landscaping company that can design, build, and maintain your landscape, True West Landscape is the company for you. Whether you are a property manager or homeowner looking for that quality weekly service, True West is here to help. Contact the True West team of professionals today so we can show you our quality service options at 505-395-7770, 505-395-7770, or visit online at truewestgroup.com. Sun's up, and we're in the kitchen at Sunnyside Up. Two sides of turkey, sausage, side of over medium eggs, and whole wheat toast. If Sunnyside Up did that in six seconds, imagine what Sunnyside Up will do for you and your friends. Sunnyside Up, Manala, Louisiana, next to the Sheraton. Auto thieves make stealing your vehicle a priority. We make preventing your vehicle from being stolen ours. RevelcoNM.com. 505-550-4994. 505-550-4994. Hi, this is Ava, and I love sitting on the Monroe's patio just enjoying some chips and salsa. And I'm Stella. I love the fresh air. And enchiladas and tacos. Hey, Grandpa, what about the fresh air? Ooh, and some red or green chili with a cool beverage. And the fresh air? Oh, Grandpa, this is the best meal. It is delicious. Hey, guys, what about the fresh air? And what what about about the fresh fresh air? air? We are going to Monroe's in Heights and downtown. Directions at chili.theplaceilike.com. When it comes to vehicle maintenance and repair, you want a place where you can be sure you're going to get reliable, honest, and quality service. A place where a credentialed automotive expert will work on your vehicle and explain exactly what needs to be done and at a fair and honest price. And so important, where you won't be charged for parts and unnecessary service you may not even need. Now, where's this place? JJ's Premier Tire and Service, a one-stop shop for all your auto needs. Alignments, oil changes, brakes, computerized diagnostics, tune-ups, suspension, air conditioning, and more. And JJ's, the tire dealer for all major brands, including Michelin, Firestone, and Goodyear. Hi, I'm JJ, and we've built our reputation on honest, fair-priced auto repair. We promise you excellent auto service, and we treat our customers the way we want to be treated. Trust JJ's Premier Tire and Service on San Antonio, just west of Wyoming. Call 821-5771. Ready for adventure? Then explore our new array of Lear's superior camper shells and tonneau covers at Smith's Ultimate Linings. Fiberglass base rails, trimless edges, DuPont automotive finish. Enjoy the safety and superior advantages Lear offers. We'll even take $100 off with the purchase of a shell and liner. Visit our website at smithsultimate.com or call us at 505-332-1403 to begin your journey today with Smith's Ultimate Linings. Want the honesty, affordability, and reliability of a household plumber without the crack? Call Rogers Plumbing and Heating, family-owned and operated since 1973 for all your plumbing needs. Reaching Albuquerque, Baylor, Moriarty, Santa Fe, New Laguna, Pueblo, and anywhere in between. Rogers Plumbing and Heating is not only fast and reliable service, being family-owned and operated since 1973 means they always put their customers first and hold each of their employees to the highest moral, professional, and ethical standards. So when you need a fix without the crack, call Rogers Plumbing and Heating at 243-9703. 
Bad credit? Need it fixed? At Credit Rescue, Inc., our services have been used by mortgage companies, banks, and auto dealerships to help people who have been turned down for credit. Don't spend the next 7 to 10 years as a victim of high interest. Remember, knowledge is power, and you now have a way to get back your credit worthiness. Bad credit can haunt people for years. Let's rescue your credit at Credit Rescue, Inc. Call me, Mike Ramos, to set up an appointment today at 505-899-1448. That's 899-1448. Hi, I'm Kevin with Futons and Frames. We've been doing business in Albuquerque for over 30 years. We have the largest selection of futon frames in the state. Our futons are made right here in the USA. So if quality, service, and knowledge of product matter to you, then come on down to 4311 Manal or call us at 881-6863. People from all over come to Albuquerque to visit Old Town's historic candy lady. Whether in the mood for a special treat or looking for that perfect gift, our patrons will find assortments from chocolates, glazed fruit, fudge cakes, hard candies, local New Mexico flavors, and even unexpected treats. Check out the candy lady at candylady.com. Albuquerque-based Pluma Construction Systems provides a full suite of commercial construction services and residential remodeling. Pluma Construction is a service-disabled, veteran-owned small business. Visionary Tony Robbins said, setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. Whether you are training to run a marathon, starting a new business, or training soldiers, you need to be committed to making that vision a reality. Set clear goals. Be determined and purposeful in achieving them. Back it all up with unshakable self-confidence. If you radiate enthusiasm and are truly excited about what you're doing, people will be naturally drawn to you. The other final ingredient is humility. Proverbs 16.9 says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In the grand plan of life, if you are spiritually grounded, you will have success because you know who you are and that there is a God and you are not him. This Leadership Minute was brought to you by Pluma Construction Systems. To discuss your construction project, call 505-345-0755 or visit plucys.com. As we put things together, starting with the weather, slight chance of rain this afternoon, bigger chance Wednesday through the weekend, 92 at the Rock of Talk. Right now, brand new accident just came up. This is going to be on Paseo del Norte, right at the intersection with the frontage road, so get ready. It's going to start backing up, but up ahead it stays real tight. Uh, westbound on Paseo del Norte, basically from the I-25 all the way over to Coors Boulevard. If you drive on I-25 northbound, that's no fun. It's going to load up on you at Gibson, not getting any better till you clear central. And southbound, not a lot of fun either. Under 30 miles an hour, I-25 southbound between uh, Osuna all the way to Montgomery. All right, this traffic report is brought to you by Pet.ThePlaceILike.com. That's Pet Food Gone Wild. They have some really good coupons there, some great dog treats that the dogs want, the Organic, they want the food that is natural. That's what makes them happy. So let's do that for our pets. Pets.theplaceilike.com for pets food gone wild. All right, we're up to date. Let's dive back into the rock of talk. All right, thanks, Rudy. I appreciate that. See, they want some organic treats, I guess. I didn't uh, I didn't realize that. Uh, we're going to check in with uh, Murder Mike, who's uh, checking in this afternoon. After a busy weekend, there's a couple of things that – not on the radar of the news, but certainly on the radar uh, overall. Murder Mike, thanks for checking in. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah, we were uh, we were on top of it the whole time, and I sh- I share uh, Sean's uh, sentiments about about the officers. We really need to stand behind our police department. So, um, with that being said, I'm going to jump right into it. Um, 
everybody was wondering about what happened to Wyoming and Central today, and APD and AFR responded to Wyoming and Central reference a shooting. Upon arrival, they found a 39-year-old male behind the Duke City fueling station suffering from GS. GSW's gunshot wounds to the face and shoulder. He was transported to UNMH uh, with a through-and-through -through gunshot wound to the cheek and a single gunshot wound to the shoulder, alert, conscious, and breathing. So that, that scene should, should be cleared up pretty, pretty quickly. So um, with that being said, moving right along here, uh, we have an update on the Los Ojos local shooting. APD has issued an arrest warrant for a 22-year-old Xavier Vargas Vasquez on charges of murder and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. The criminal complaint stated that a fight broke out in the bar between Vasquez, Lawrence Azuz, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, age 30, and one other individual over a mixed-up drink order. Azuz and the other individual began beating on Vasquez until he pulled out a gun and shot Azuz. All right, wait, wait, and slow down, slow down, slow down. Okay. Slow down, let's not run through this. So... Are you telling me that the man who was murdered is the one who initiated the contact with Vargas Vasquez, who is is likely is the one who uh, uh, pulled out his gun and shot? So there was two men who were beating up Vargas Vasquez. Is that what you said over a mixed up drink order? That's correct. Uh, the waitress mixed up the uh, drink order, and um, um, I guess Vasquez uh, took a drink, uh, took a shot, a uh, drink, a shot of the drink, thinking it was his. And then the two other individuals began just beating on him uh, brutally to the point where, um, you know, I, I, to me it sounded like self-defense, but I imagine it'll, it'll whoa, go whoa, down. Whoa, 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 whoa. It doesn't sound like self-defense. That's self-defense. I mean, well, this, is, I would think this so. is going to be likely a justifiable homicide. I think that's the way it'll it'll come down as justifiable there's almost, homicide. There's no much, I mean, the man uh, who shot uh, should probably turn himself in at this point because, you know, he was armed. He was getting beat. I mean, if anybody's in that same situation and somebody comes to just start hitting you and wailing on you and you, you it wasn't just one, it was two. Who was the uh, who was the accomplice uh, who assaulted Vargas Vasquez? Uh, it, the accomplice name was Ray L. I don't have a first name on him right right off the bat, but his uh, last name was Ray L. And he and uh, um, Azuris uh, began just wailing on this guy, beating him senseless. He was actually the, uh, he was actually down on the ground, uh, being kicked and beaten on when he pulled out his gun and started shooting back. So I don't, I don't even um, know I don't even know what else to, to say. To this so here we are. Uh, the new details, and, and uh, I don't know about this guy giving the shirt off of his back and being this stand-up guy who's a pillar of the community, and uh, but this is a very, very different narrative uh, than the one that we uh, first heard about uh, losing a, a boxer and a fighter. It looks like he was the perpetrator in all this, and uh, unfortunately, based upon this, uh, Vodagas Vasquez, say what you will about him, um, but if this report is to be correct uh, from what you got in, and what are the sources for this? Is this eyewitness or what's happening? Uh, this was witnesses' uh, statements, and this was the uh, criminal complaint uh, filed with the police department. So it's, it's on record what what had happened and the witnesses' statement as to you know what had happened, the bar owner, uh, the whole the whole the whole nine yards. Everything is this is, being is reported documented. anywhere? I don't, I'm on KOB Channel 4. Um, I see nothing here mm -hmm. on KOB, KOAT. Um, I see, let's see, 
I think this is an important piece of information. Good job. Did you go through and uh, find the police reports on this? Uh, I just did a little bit of research and talked to some of my uh, some of my uh, sources, shall we say? Okay. Uh, KOAT and, and has reliable. nothing on this. Uh, KRQE, uh, and I think this is important because the other thing too is you know that's a business that needs to be patronized. This was something that happened there. It's not like you know this is uh, any of their fault uh, for what happened. I mean, this is a mixed up drink or did, now the the. The lady who had the mixed up drink order was she was the one who was also shot or or can you give me any uh, details on the employees? Okay. On on the criminal complaint, it just states a waitress was also shot along with a fourth individual that didn't come up till later who had been shot in the back. I guess he had been standing in the vestibule vestibule between the two doors and he sustained a gunshot wound to the back. So uh, evidently it was it wasn't too serious or he would have come forward before then. So was Rael shot? people shot. Was Rael shot? Do we know is he one of the people who was shot? It may have been. Uh, the criminal complaint is kind of sketchy as far as okay. who was shot. It just said you know three other individuals, including a waitress from the bar. Well, there you go. I mean, there, there's, that's where they're going to get Vladimir Vasquez on all this is using his gun, uh, hitting multiple people who weren't involved, and uh, there was two people uh, who were on him. But a very different narrative, uh, Mike. Thanks for straightening that up for us and uh, going through and doing all the hard work. All right. What's, what, what else well, you got from over the weekend that the news okay, well, uh, here seems to be missing? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on this weekend. And on Saturday afternoon, there was an officer-involved shooting where officers were attempting to serve a high-risk felony arrest warrant on a homicide suspect at Broadway and Gibson. Uh, the suspect fled from officers who immediately engaged in a pursuit. Uh, the suspect crashed into another vehicle, just right T-boned him, and the suspect quickly exited the vehicle he was in and attempted to carjack the vehicle he had just hit. The, uh, the driver is by the name of Benito Gonzalez. As the suspect raised an assault rifle to shoot Gonzalez, officers fired on the homicide suspect. Uh, he, he was transported to UNMH, his condition is unknown, and the homicide suspect had a lengthy criminal history of armed carjacking and had been considered armed and dangerous. So moving right along on to, this is the one that really got the attention of everybody. Um, at 9.50 p.m. on Saturday evening, APD and AFR responded to a reported shooting at the Circle K at Western Skies in Central. The victim, an 11-year-old juvenile, had suffered a gunshot wound to the chest from a road rage incident which occurred on the freeway. Uh, Albuquerque Fire and Rescue quickly did a scoop and go, and that's where they just, they get there, they don't even bother to stabilize it, get them in the rig and transport and then start stabilizing the patient. So they did a scoop and go with the 11-year-old and transported him to UNMH Hospital. And now APD's PIO uh, as kind of a different uh, look at it. They advised that the 11-year-old has suffered a gunshot wound to the back and sustained non-life-threatening injuries. And the incident occurred on eastbound I-40 between Wandebo and Framway. The victim's vehicle initiated, this is what started it all, the road rage incident. The victim's vehicle had initiated a, a lane change, cutting off another vehicle, who then fired into the victim's vehicle, striking the 11-year-old. There was no suspect information and no word on the 11-year-old's condition. So. Um, there again, that's, that's one of those situations where um, the dispatch information is slightly different, 
And I was on the scene, as you know, Eddie. I sent you pictures, um, and I saw what was going on, and it did not look like a non-life-threatening shooting to me. But, All right, so I got a uh, few questions. Let me stop you. I have a few questions. Yes, sir. Why would, as a former ambulance guy, why would the ambulance execute a scoop-and-go on this? Because probably the victim a nine echo between he may have been unconscious not breathing or the the injury was such that uh it required immediate uh attention at a hospital they didn't have a, a chance to to stabilize the patient so and in observing the scoop and go with a police escort to the hospital um it sounded like a lot more serious than uh you know a, a non-life-threatening injury paramedics are trained in this kind of thing um it would be hard for them to misinterpret such an injury. I mean, it could happen. Sure. I mean, you know, it could, it could very well have happened. Well, I, don't way, want, I, don't want to get, I don't want to get in any speculation here. Uh, why is yeah. there no news on this? Uh, I've looked at uh, KRQE. Uh, I've looked at uh, KOAT. I see nothing about uh, anything being an 11 year old shot on Western skies. And okay, so let's go to KOB. Um, I did happen to speak to Chris Ramirez about it this morning. He said he thought he heard something about it. He, of course, was off for the weekend. I'm like, no, 11-year-old was shot. I mean, in my opinion, this is just more uh, suppression to uh, – uh, yeah, here we've got new APD video series. Episode. No, that's not it. Return for – nope, nope. I've got, okay. not, I've got all three news stations. Nobody has uh, covered this. And KOB did do a, uh, a small blurb on it on the five o'clock news yesterday, but they didn't. There was no uh, follow-ups after that, so they they did do uh, a, a, a small report on the five o'clock news yesterday. Okay, so, good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I just you know, but I did not see it on any of the other stations. And when I was on the scene, I was the only media there. And of course, I got there you know at the same time fire and rescue did, so I got there probably within about four minutes of when the call came out. Okay. So, uh, so do we, we don't know the condition of the um, the 11 year old boy. Not at this time, no. How, how, how do you sustain a gunshot wound to the chest or the back, and it and it's deemed non life threatening, and there's really no follow up? Uh, if it was a scoop and go, there's no way the police officers would know this at this time. It seems like to me there's a lot of gap uh, there. So it, I think it's important, uh, don't you think? Yes, I do. I okay. think that there's a there's a lot of information missing there. I don't know how the PIO came up with that information. So, again, I, I can't speculate. That's just what he, his official statement was uh, regarding the shooting. I think the problem becomes, you know, you know, uh, a week and a half ago, uh, we lost uh, a 13-year-old, and now this is an 11-year-old. And, you know, incidentally, tomorrow is the, the uh, five-year, excuse me, six-year, I believe, five or six-year anniversary of the death of uh, Victoria Martins. So, I mean, here we are. Uh, we were just talking a little bit earlier about why so many uh, young people uh, pick up and leave. And, you know, one of the issues is, is we've got to do better for uh, our, the young, youngest and most vulnerable amongst us. Uh, all right. Uh, there was another uh, incident that you had this weekend that you cut on to. And then let's, uh, yeah. get, then let's get to the stats. There was, there was quite a few, actually. Um, actually, right after the, the, this shooting, there was a, uh, Within minutes after this shooting came out, a, a second shooting came out at the uh, office of the medical investigator's parking lot where a 79-year-old female had suffered a GSW to the head. So this was possibly self-inflicted because of the way they were treating the scene. I flew down there after I left the scene at Wyoming or uh, Western Skies, talked to the officers. They were not very uh, 
helpful as far as providing information, but in observing the scene and the scenario around it, it, it appeared to be a self-inflicted, so we're not going to really go into that in much depth. But later that after, that evening at 3.45, I guess you would call this Sunday morning, uh, APD and AFR responded to a shooting on Ladder Ranch Road Northwest. I think the quadrant's right northwest, but I'm not sure. Uh, the victim was in his mid-40s. He suffered a single gunshot wound to the back, and he was transported to UNMH with non-life-threatening injuries. So that's as far as shootings go, that's, that's pretty much bad to up. There was a SWAT call out in the 1200 block of University at about 10 o'clock Saturday evening. And then Sunday, moving right over to Sunday, APD, speaking of juveniles with guns, APD responded to Mariposa Park at 12.53 p.m. with reports of a 12-year-old juvenile waving a gun around and pointing it at people. There were multiple callers. APD approached the individual, and there was no further information on that. And then at 1.17 p.m. That, that same afternoon, APD responded to a carjacking at, the, at gunpoint at Lowe's Hardware Store at 12th and I-40. And then uh, moving into the evening hours in Santa Fe, uh, Santa Fe Police Department responded to reports of shots fired in the area of the Santa Fe Mall, uh, Santa Fe Place Mall. Upon arrival, they found a 31-year-old male in the median of Rodeo Road, and Zafirano? Yeah, Zafirano. Oh, I'm pronouncing Yeah, that's correct. Zafirano. Zafirano, yep. He was suffering uh, from at least one gunshot wound. He was transported to a local hospital and then later transported to UNMH in Albuquerque. Uh, Santa Fe Police Department detectives are investigating. And then, of course, today we had the shooting at Wyoming and Central. So uh, that's a quick look at it. Uh, yeah. On that uh, Santa Fe one, by the way, I know it's a. Uh... Uh, quasi out of our jurisdiction, but for those who are listening to us up on 1490 KRSN, the Santa Fe Police Department officers responded Sunday night at around uh, 9 p.m. Officers responded to Zafirano Drive and Rodeo, 31-year-old victim, treated one gunshot, one gunshot wound. The local hospital was transported, uh, as he just said. The suspect was identified as light-skinned male in his late teens, early 20s with dark hair. Reportedly was armed with a handgun and then an unrelated vehicle stopped for traffic. On Zafirano was struck by a stray bullet fired from the suspect as well. So, got to do better. Murder Mike, I appreciate you, you being you here. You got it, Eddie. Thank you for those details. Those are important. I appreciate that. All right. Because um, I, I, I would just re- really quickly going going through the the list of things that were happening, you know. And then on Saturday night, we'll, we'll go quickly to the stats because I know we're running in time here. But um, we had five uh, aggravated assaults, including one at Fourth and Gold downtown, where uh, a male was beaten unconscious. This happens every weekend. Every weekend, we have something. We have serious injuries that uh, happen at downtown shootings, assaults, uh, and they want to build a sports stadium down there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, anyway, um, moving right along, there was four shots fired calls, and we were talking about this with Sean earlier at Unser and Central where so- somebody took a shot at a police officer. Uh, officers responded but didn't locate any individual. So we need to get behind our police department. We need to quit. This has got to stop. There was, there was two... Uh, there was two um, suicide calls. There was uh, two uh, residential burglaries, four uh, drug overdoses, and five uh, uh, um, five ETOH, five drunks that were down and out. 
And then, of course, the SWAT call out at 10 o'clock at the 1200 block of Indian School, Northeast, Building C, with the barricaded suspect. So that's a quick look at the, not a quick look, but that's kind of a look at what happened this weekend, Eddie. Back to you, sir. All right. Great work. I appreciate that very, very much, everything that uh, Murder Mike does to stay on top of everything. Missing all the nooks and the crannies, he puts it all right there. 543, back and four, back to wrap uh, hour number two. And when I do that, we're going to lead right into the debate from last Wednesday. We'll play that in its entirety, one hour long. You can listen to that starting at 6 p.m. sharp. And uh, that is uh, me versus the two Democrats, Tim Keller and Manny Gonzalez. And I certainly uh, hope that uh, many of you will enjoy that. You can also visit the website, eddiewins.com. That's eddiewins.com, and watch it there in its entirety as well. 544, back in three. None will level on the mind. Nobody up in this world. Friends ask me what my recommendations are. I just say theplaceilike.com. Theplaceilike.com. Wow, it's great for locals. Awesome weekly deals, too. Theplaceilike.com. Wow, breakfast, not theplaceilike.com. Music is the great communicator on makeusgodlyagain.com. Sometimes we just need a pick-me-up. MakeUsGodlyAgain.com Maintaining your cutting equipment is essential to the longevity of your tools and the quality of your product. Whether you're a woodworking professional, metalworking professional, hobbyist, or you just need a new edge on your kitchen knives or gardening tools, trust the sharpening experts at Precision Sharpening to help keep your tools in excellent condition. 884-8229, 884-8229. Don't get caught unprepared to defend yourself. I'm Keith Cope with VigilantFirearms.com. We provide calm, safe, and effective training for concealed carry or any other gun training classes. VigilantFirearms.com, 312-0065. 312-0065. Chris Napier here with Loan Depot, the mortgage guy. As you look for the best ways to provide and protect for your family, the structure of your loans is critical. Your mortgage payment and its terms could be behind the curve. Let's ensure that when you're buying or refinancing your home, you have the best total cost. Call me at 505-710-2499 and MLS number 330093. Hi, I'm Walt Arnold with Sperry Van Ness Commercial Real Estate. Are you currently leasing but have always wanted to own a building? Looking to take advantage of all-time historically low interest rates? Call my direct line now at 256-1255 or visit waltarnold.com. Alarms are ignored, kill switches are easily detected and reconnected, RFIDs are hacked using a basic code grabber, and GPS tracking systems, well, they're good at locating your vehicle after it's been taken. Give us a call, 505-550-4994. Amazing Grace Personal Care Services is companion care at a reasonable rate, including mobile assistance, meal preparation, household services, cognitive assistance, and support services, and more. 505 795 that's 505-796-4900. All right, time to put things together as we start with the weather where we see some partly cloudy skies, but the real chance of rain is going to be Wednesday through the weekend. Right now, 90 degrees at the Rock of Talk. All right, some quick work on that accident I was telling you about on Paseo del Norte, right at the Frontage Road south. In that intersection, quick clear and up ahead, you're going to find it's even improving westbound on Paseo del Norte. While it's still slow from uh, I-25, it'll get much better once you get beyond second over to the west side. On the west side, though, it is going to be a struggle on Paseo del Norte westbound at the new traffic light, Kimmick, 
on up to Uni- uh, I'm sorry, up to Unser. And it uh, looks like Unser's not going to be a whole lot of fun either if you're going to be northbound all the way up to Paradise Boulevard. This traffic report is brought to you by Salon Deluxe in Rio Rancho. They are the home on the west side for Canyon Water, and they've got this really good thing with the Canyon Water. It's called Canyon Life, which is an antioxidant rich skin treatment. You got to see this by going to salon.theplaceilike.com. We're up to date. Let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. Five forty-eight. A lot of people joining our Telegram group, Fight Four Five Zero Five. That's Fight Four Five Zero Five dot com. If you want to jump in on there, what one hundred forty plus members? That looks pretty cool. Thanks for joining that. Uh, remember, if you want to uh, join our website, do so tomorrow. We'll launch officially, uh, finally through the final hurdle, which of course is making sure we qualify with the Bernalillo County. Uh, so all that uh, will go through tomorrow. Um, I believe, hopefully, uh, sometime in the morning, nine ten o'clock. So. We'll get all that stuff. 3,300 unchallenged, unquestioned uh, ballots. Uh, What what would you call them? I guess people who signed up the petitions to get us up on the ballot. So that is uh, pretty cool. I'm excited about that. Remember, we're going to cover our five points on that uh, news release. Of course, you know, uh, some of that uh, today was uh, COVID-19. Certainly did uh, quite a little bit with uh, Murder Mike there and stuff that's happening over the weekend. But we want to encourage each and every person to go to fight4505.com. That's fight4505.com. Uh, one other uh, little tidbit as far as uh, election information on Friday morning doesn't look very positive or good for uh, Manny Gonzalez, but you'll get the final verdict as to uh, what they said right up in uh, Joe Monahan this morning. Thanks, Joe. Uh, he just texted in and said, the story on the bar was in the journal. Uh, sorry, I missed that, but boy, an interesting uh, uh, detail, to say the last, uh, say the least, uh, given the narrative that, that has been trotted out there. Um, Eddie, they will withhold the info or twist it to their narrative here in Albuquerque. They did it nationally for years to Trump, and they will are going to do it to you. Uh, they don't report or twist it. Uh, let's see, Eddie, the way Raul Torres sees things like this, including the use of deadly force and self defense. He does not recognize it, and you will get arrested and thrown in jail uh, or worse. <laughs> One can only wish. But, but what? How tough are they on criminals here? No, I do not agree with that. All the local news media outlets are going to suppress the fact that this might have been a self-defense shooting. They do not like that. They're suppressing any kind of crime data at this point. I think that's uh, more to the point uh, uh, out there. Let's see. Oh, wow, lots of people. And uh, appreciate that. So I'll be out at the county line uh, there shortly. Uh, let's see. Oh, anytime you want to send something in lewd or whatever, it takes all of about two seconds to identify your phone number. Uh, so if you're trying to bait me or goad me, it, it doesn't matter. Eddie, Define Fitness doesn't care about the little guy who pays their own membership. Their base is funded by healthcare providers, government, and businesses. Look how they little by little made memberships more strict, less perks like putting your membership on hold, vacation, medical, etc. cetera. Uh, they should rethink their business model, especially since their new Rio Rancho location was supposed to open last summer. Best way to reward or punish is uh, don't give them your business or give them your business. Okay. Remember, support the people who support you. Dowd's having a hell of a time in uh, Las Vegas. He says, Treasure Island is the worst hotel in the history of the world. Waited 45 minutes to check in and somebody with, uh, wanting to... Uh, 
Felice's mask was watching every one of us and no Wi-Fi in all of Treasure Island. Headed over to uh, the Sisters Hotel to try to access uh, her Wi-Fi. Don't, don't, don't doubt. Enjoy yourself out there, please. Uh, Eddie, what's going on near the base of Central Wyoming? We covered that already. Uh, got that as well. My business has never been able to bid on a state service contract, Eddie. I called the state and was told they aren't doing anything illegal. The city has not put the bid out for my line of work since 2013. Got to look into that. I think that's important. Eddie, stop the tyranny. Go, Eddie. I am praying for you. God be with you. Catholic school teachers are leaving because they have to week, take a weekly test to get the vaccine. Where's the archbishop to stop MLG's a moral mandate? I have not heard about that, but I would love to uh, drop on that. Uh, by the way, um, <laughs> Natalie and, and Jaybird are out everywhere with that van. I get more pictures of that van everywhere. Eddie, I'm thinking that CNM is the biggest beneficiary of UNM's falling enrollment. People that want to work are realizing that they need real-life job skills to get a good-paying job. As one that never thought that Intel would ever again invest in New Mexico, hopefully CNM will once again pick up their electronics robotics programs to fill the huge jobs boys that will be up at Intel in the next few years. Huh. Very telling. Good info. Thanks for doing that, Dave. Good text. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Eddie, we spent $52 million on Dominion voting machines. Yes, we've said that often here. Uh, thanks for the reminder, and that is important. Hey, Eddie. The Democrat patriarchy has always been against population growth as it would bring in bright minds to challenge their power. And finally, Eddie, I watched the debate. I think you were the best out of the three. Your responses were spot on. You came across very professional and seems you had no problem responding to whatever they asked. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I do this every single day. Oh, Eddie has a poet laureate uh, now. That's funny. No, I don't. Uh, we have someone who does poem. I don't know what poet laureate really is. Uh, speaking of uh, changing titles and all the rest of that stuff, uh, that's certainly one that I don't, uh, not looking forward to doing. Uh, we've got, uh, and again, you're going to find out. I mean, I'm not in there to clean house. We're there to make changes, provide a new direction, and you can listen to all of that in about uh, six minutes and 30 seconds as I'm going to play the entirety. Um, oh, by the way, I guess uh, it's pretty tough to go to Las Vegas. Uh, Dowd is not enjoying himself. The AB will never talk to the governor. He's a modernist. You did a great job in the debate. Thank you. You can go to eddiewins.com. That, that's eddiewins.com. Uh, okay, very quickly, um, we talked about pushing back on the governor and the fact that the legislature hasn't met to push back on the governor. And it, 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 we, there's just not the will to make uh, uh, any of that happen. What is happening, as you guys saw yesterday, Local churches are doing it. And Legacy Citizen Church written about on KRQE yesterday. Um, you know, we, we don't go to Christian church. We go to Catholic church, uh, I should say. Uh, my kids, you know, also go to, um, anyway, <laughs> I got to put, I got to think about all this stuff now, right? In terms of what I say all the time, because we know how this will go. But Pastor Steve Smotherman told people he hopes that no one Goes to the state fair this year. Sound familiar? Yes. Pastor Smotherman is echoing what we say here in the Kiva. And that's important that all people here in the state of New Mexico hear that. He says the governor is requiring people to show proof of vaccination to get in. And the state has said that the new rule, uh, quote unquote, is necessary. Dan Morning said the New Mexico State Fair general manager explains this is just about an additional layer of protection for the people of New Mexico. This is not happening anywhere else, almost. Anywhere else. The governor of California, the nephew of Nancy Pelosi, 
is in grave danger. He is likely not just going to be recalled, but replaced. And a talk radio host, yes, Larry Elder, used to broadcast right here on this radio station, is likely going to be the main candidate to replace him. That's right, folks. Yes, happening also right here in the city of Albuquerque as well. Now, MLG said masks and vaccinations are the tools that we need to fight the pandemic. Can't continue our economic recovery and our positive economic journey. Uh, The positive economic journey has been anything but positive. It's been negative. It's been an attack and a full-on assault on small businesses here in the state of New Mexico. It's the one thing I think that she has done to really hurt her potential chances because Democrats are, are, are screaming, businesses are shutting down, and I think it does not bode well. And when you have Steve Smotherman and the churches who are coming out and saying that they're gonna, not going to agree to anything, and businesses also reinforcing by saying, we're not going to reinforce your mask mandate, she's lost a lot of her power because people don't believe in what she has to say anymore. So inducing people to get the vaccines the way that she's done it, uh, talking about uh, mask efficacy uh, like we have, we know that putting on those, we'll call them face diapers for a moment, shall we? You're carrying the contents of all those germs everywhere you go. People aren't washing them. They're not taking care of them. At restaurants, uh, when you, if you're looking for masks, I'm not. But if you are looking for masks, they should be just issuing new ones. I think every single restaurant that is pro-COVID or pro-COVID uh, you know, should definitely make sure they have boxes of masks and not let anybody uh, bring in uh, their own masks. I think that that's uh, very, very important. When it comes to the treatment of COVID-19, you know, you've seen the recent prices of ivermectin and all the other stuff uh, that's coming out, uh, whether it's uh, early treatment. I think quercetin uh, was certainly one of those that, that had come out. I think we're seeing a huge rise in demand uh, for the treatment of COVID and preventative measures as well. I use my oregano oil and my OSHA. Um, again, it's everybody's response, own personal responsibility to go ahead and do that. And at this point, they have approved the vac- the vaccinations, uh, but we don't know uh, to what extent it's actually uh, mimics a vaccination uh, that we would have seen for. Remember, the flu vaccine is very interesting, right? You only get the flu vaccine if you haven't had the flu. But now we're at a point where people are getting a, a COVID-19 shot, a COVID-19 vaccination, even though they've had COVID already. So I think that this is really, um, you know, uh, problematic in a number of ways. So anyway, here comes the debate. I'm going to put it out there uh, for you. I'm going to run off. And uh, again, thanks to Chris Ramirez uh, for coming into the uh, studio today. He got to know me a little bit. I also thank uh, uh, Neil, the conservative New Mexican, uh, for doing some stuff on that. If in any time you uh, see or hear me on other or see some of my competition on other radio stations, uh, please feel free to text me directly. Best way to do so is you can go to fight4505.com, hit the text button, shoot something directly out to me. You can always text me directly at 550-5500 as well and uh, reach out to me directly. So uh, it's going to take every single one of us to change the city of Albuquerque. Uh, I certainly enjoyed my time debating uh, both the sheriff and the mayor. I certainly hope that you enjoy uh, the time listening to it. That'll be up next uh, right here in the Kiva. And uh, Rudy, thanks uh, for weather and traffic uh, today. We're done for the day. 
Uh, Eddie, do you agree? Sterile masks matter. I don't. I don't wear a mask at all. That's just the way it is. I don't wear a mask. I don't have a vax. Oh, never mind. Uh, Eddie, is your platform where I can watch the debate? You can't watch it, but you can definitely, definitely uh, hear it. Uh, Eddie, variant's not working for the narrative, so be on the lookout for COVID twenty-two, like that movie. Uh, listen to the debate, even though I can't vote in the mayor election. I'm rooting for you. Amen. Make uh, Albuquerque great. Just watch the debate. You crush them. Good job. Here's the debate in its entirety. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. So in alphabetical order, we have candidate Eddie Aragon. He's the owner of a radio station and a talk show host. Welcome, and how are you doing this evening, sir? Good evening, everybody. Uh, I'm Eddie Aragon. I am the owner of the Rock of Talk, which is an AM radio station here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I'm 11th generation New Mexican, father of two. We're going to get to your opening statements in just a sec. I I, I just wanted to do a sound check uh, here. I didn't know. I thought we were just right off. Thank you. But uh, we'll get back to you in just a sec. Kennedy Manny Gonzalez is the Bernalillo County Sheriff. Welcome this evening, sir. And how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, and we can hear you just fine. Thank you so much. And finally, candidate Tim Keller is the mayor of Albuquerque. How are you this evening? Good evening. Good to see everybody. All right. Thank you so much, and we can hear you as well. So to start our discussion tonight, we would like each of you to make an opening statement, introducing yourselves and your campaigns. We will do so in alphabetical order uh, one more time before we start switching things up. You each have two minutes, and we will begin with Mr. Aragon. Take it away. Yeah, thank you, uh, Mr. Rice. I appreciate it. Uh, I am Eddie Aragon, as I stated before, 11th generation Mexican. Care deeply, as uh, do all of our candidates, about uh, this great city, which is why we're all running for mayor. And uh, I'm excited about the opportunity. And uh, I'm the father of two, a graduate of St. Pius X High School, uh, a student of both uh, public and private school, and a graduate of the University of New Mexico with degrees in uh, political science and economics. And I got to tell you, uh, looking at the state of our city, the state of our state, but particularly the largest population in the entire state, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, we have suffered. And I know that we are all going through this, uh, both uh, due to the uh, corona pandemic, uh, as well as the lack of economic growth that that is not just brought on, but the, that has been induced uh, even before that lost decade that we have all uh, inherited. I'm just going to make a brief statement about my candidacy and what I'm doing. And uh, we are all about going from failure to first. It's going to take generations. Uh, we're not even an average city at this point. Uh, Albuquerque is a place that I am certainly proud to be from, proud of. But this is a very difficult time to for many people to go ahead and be proud of Albuquerque because a lot of people are picking up and leaving. You know people. I do as well. We have the five C's that we're focused on in terms of our, and of course, we're running the city of Albuquerque. Uh, the two gentlemen who are my opponents uh, are already doing so, and I'd like the opportunity to express my vision on behalf of the city of Albuquerque. The second C, of course, is crime. That's one of the things, I appreciate that, the, one of the things that we have talked about uh, at length, uh, record homicides at 86. Commerce, business, as a business person, as a business owner, you've seen that suffer. Uh, and of course, corruption. That has been a huge deal here in the city of Albuquerque. And so when I express my point very simply, the five points, uh, that's what I'm running on here in the city of Albuquerque. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Mr. Aragon. Mr. Gonzalez, your opening statements, two minutes. Yes, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Sheriff Manuel Gonzalez III. I was born and raised in Albuquerque. 
Uh, shortly after I graduated from high school, I went to the United States Marine Corps and served there honor honorably and meritoriously. Uh, I have a beautiful family. Uh, in my upbringing, I was raised to have uh, work hard and, and, and serve people. Uh, through that time, uh, after I came back from the United States Marine Corps, I happened to pursue a career long, and I've been serving there for 30 years. But I've also had the opportunity to spend 20 years. And I'm bringing these two different things I've been very successful in to, to the candidacy of mayor. But that's not the way it always was. When I first took office on January 1st, 2015, a very demoralized, second-rate, uh, very poli uh, politically polarized department. And also, the county was facing a major deficit. But I didn't run away from those challenges. What I did is we did more with less. And I had a vision and a plan for the sheriff's office. More importantly, I have the success of doing that that no other candidate has had. And I want to be able to transfer those skills to those two or those three things that my platform's about. One being, first and foremost, is crime, is homelessness, and the third is jobs in the economy. That thing would bode more well for this for the citizens who I put first and not politics, unlike other candidates the leadership that Albuquerque needs to be successful because we need to take this opportunity for everybody to thrive and re restore Albuquerque to the crown jewel of the Southwest. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. And a quick note, I've noticed a couple of people in the chat saying that they can only see my face on their Zoom feed. Uh, first of all, I want to apologize for that. Uh, you, you, could, you could do better on this Zoom call. Uh, but second, if, if any of the other hosts know if that's a problem we can handle or if that's a problem on, on, on an individual's uh, Zoom, uh, you've, you've been given an FYI there. All right, uh, we conclude the opening statements with Mr. Keller. You have two minutes. Sir. Thanks so much, Peter, and good evening, everyone. Uh, it's been my honor uh, to serve as your mayor the last four years, and I think folks are pretty familiar with my background, but was born and raised in Albuquerque as well and I uh, have two young children uh, attending APS schools. And when I think back about four years ago, you know, I asked voters to trust me to lead. And I pledged that we would face our toughest challenges head on and that we would dig deep and address root causes on crime, homelessness, jobs, and security. And that we wouldn't shy away from tough decisions. And I think we've honored that commitment and respected the magnitude of those challenges with resolve and dedication, not with one-liners and sound bites about how easy it is to address any of this because none of these are easy problems to fix. Now, last year, COVID-19 pandemic also presented a crisis like no other. And we worked hard to make decisions that save lives and livelihoods and to keep us safe. We're starting to do that again as the pandemic comes back. So we changed our city's approach to policing with the, the, the new uh, community safety department. We also continue our commitment to adding resources, whether it's for diversion or whether it's everyday officers on the street. We stepped up and we have put out a vision and purchased the Gateway Center to find meaningful answers for homelessness. And we also know that we have announced thousands of good paying jobs coming to Albuquerque's working families, more than have been announced in the last decade combined. So with revitalized public safety efforts and what we're doing with homelessness and jobs, 
I believe this is on top of our nationally leading sustainability efforts. And so now is the time to continue going in the right direction, to keep moving forward and hit the accelerator and not move backwards. That's why I'm running for real life. All right, thank you very much. Uh, question one for the lot of you here tonight is about homelessness, uh, homeless encampments rather, that have become endemic in our area. Uh, they are a problem on several different levels, whether the goal is public safety, clean and walkable environments, appealing parks, a friendly business climate, or indeed a safe place for people without homes to be, the encampments are not helping us get there. What are your plans for dealing with homeless encampments throughout our area, and do those plans, do those plans in the creation of officially camps, which are known as safe outdoor spaces? You have two minutes, and we will begin with Mr. Keller. Thank you for that question, and um, let me make sure I know you guys can hear me. Okay, so I support an all-the-above approach, and I think that's what you need. We have over 5,000 homeless people unsheltered in our streets, and I know that to try and help all of those 5,000 people, you have to do different things based on their unique situation. And so there are several things that we've been doing. Is Number one, you have to reach out and offer help. And that's why we've been increasing our community outreach officers, and that's part of even the new community safety department that we're building. And eventually, though, we still do enforce things like you can't have people camping in dangerous areas. And so we do have folks doing that, but there's a huge backlog. So against this backdrop, though, is, I think, a national situation coming out of the pandemic where homelessness is growing everywhere. And that's why what we have to do is we have to provide somewhere where they can go and where people can take them. And that's the idea behind the Gateway Center. The idea is you've got to have somewhere that's open 24-7 where folks can go voluntarily or our service outreach providers can take them and they can get shelter and then they can be triaged in terms of do they need to have behavioral health services? Do they need mental health services? Uh, do they need a housing voucher? Do they need job training? These are the kinds of things that we know we can offer, but we cannot do that until we have this 24-7 center. And that's why I stepped up after the voters approved it and purchased the old Gibson Medical Center so that we could build that facility. And I will tell you, until we have that, we are not going to make a major dent in our unsheltered population. All right, thank you, Mr. Gallen. Mr. Gonzalez, you are next with two minutes. Can you repeat the question just so I'm clear on it? I'm sure homeless encampments have become endemic in our area. Uh, what are your plans for dealing with them? Uh, and do those include officially sanctioned uh, camps, sometimes known as safe outdoor spaces? Okay, thank you for repeating that question. So we live in a checkerboard community, and I just want to make it very clear that this isn't a national epidemic. We do not have the same issue in Bernalillo County and the unincorporated areas because we have a very robust plan and service to provide help for those people that are in crisis. I don't necessarily uh, label them as people in ho as homeless, but they are people in crisis. I happen to sit on the President's Commission for Homelessness, Mental Illness, and Substance Abuse. And you have to be able to screen these people and provide them with the wraparound services that they need in order to identify their diagnosis on their issues. And so you're going to find out through screening and proactive mobilization of resources to include law enforcement, public health, behavioral health, 
to screen these people to identify the help they need. Because sometimes some of these individuals are choosing to either ingest, smoke, uh, shoot up, uh, fentanyl, and other illicit drugs in our community. And nobody is enforcing these public forces that need to be enforced. Because literally there's thousands of needles throughout the metro area on a daily basis. And it's a public health issue that nobody's addressed on the state or city level. We will remedy that by staffing and find the services and resources those people need to be successful. All right, thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Mr. Aragon, two minutes. Thank you for the question. We have 1,534 people or 84 people that are out on the streets. Uh, we've become a destination and a haven for homeless people. We have catered and coddled uh, homeless people. And I could tell you right now, at, at this point, the approach that we've taken isn't working. Whether it's building tiny houses, eight of 40 that are actually filled uh, due to the uh, fact that they can't get clean, there are certain requirements to get in. We spend an extreme amount of money, and I know construction pretty well from a small business and uh, the son of a contractor, at $950 a square foot. Housing them and uh, taking these guys on and keeping them here isn't helping us. Uh, you certainly have seen the number of people and temporary homeless uh, people generally find themselves in hotels. We've had 11 murders that have taken place uh, here in hotels here across uh, our, our great city. Unfortunately, as we continue this approach where we uh, set up competition by creating more government solutions for homelessness rather than enable the nonprofit organizations and especially the churches out there who are willing to do anything and everything they can to go ahead and bring them in. Uh, most homeless people, and I will tell you, as the uh, grandson of a uh, homeless grandmother uh, who was uh, mentally ill, she did not get satisfied and get taken care of until we brought her in. And one of the things that we need more in our city is more love and more caring. Churches are a great place for that, uh, not to mention lots of nonprofit uh, organizations. But when the government and our mayor is setting up competition for them, uh, they won't go there. And he's deferred. My great friend, uh, Jeremy Reynolds, had a lot of problems when uh, Mayor Keller decided to go ahead and step in and start competing with them. So we need to help these nonprofit organizations. Uh, to Mandy Gonzalez's point, they don't need to be audited. Uh, these are organizations that are willing to take them on. And when people have uh, passion, uh, they can ha actually have purpose in their life, and they need to do that for themselves. And we can certainly aid that, but we can't take on the entirety of that problem. We need to stop bringing them into the city of Albuquerque. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Right, uh, right on time there. Uh, for our next question, I want to first give a quick note of orientation. We will be asking you all about crime as a general topic in a little bit, but right now we'd like to focus on an extremely local criminal justice matter. Uh, because we understand that the city has made a commitment to create a special public safety district in the area around the new homeless facility planned for the Gibson Medical Center property. This would apparently be modeled after the downtown public safety district, which is a group of several officers who work at dedicated beat in the central business area. What is your position on public safety districts generally, and would you support such a district in the 4th Street corridor from roughly Mountain to Manal, where prominent homeless services have been located for years. You have one minute for this question and we'll begin with Mr. Gonzalez. So that was in reference to the Gateway Center, correct? And, and, and special public safety districts uh, around the Gateway Center and, and potentially fourth. 
Sure. Uh, after several conversations, I'm fully aware that the tiny village and there's other uh, facilities that aren't being utilized. I, I think we need to be a lot more aware, a lot more uh, responsible when we're making decisions and spending uh, taxpayers' money uh, when there's other facilities that aren't being adequately used. And so I think the strategy moving forward was to make sure that we develop a plan where you get compliance from the people that choose to live out in the streets versus that. So you have to have a very balanced carrot and a stick approach to getting people the services they need in some of those special districts. And then consider maybe repurposing the uh, the gateway center as not such a good idea until we can fill and not waste taxpaying dollars on facilities. And again, screen those people for their needs and not just recklessly spend money. Thank you. All right, thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Okay, a public safety district for 4th Street, uh, roughly between Mountain and Manal. Mr. Keller, you have one minute. Sure, well, these uh, public safety districts have been, uh, they were an idea that I had coming in, and I think the downtown one has really shown how helpful they are. So I think they're a very good idea. I believe in going back to that kind of beak beat cop model, which is similar to community policing. It's just uh, a notion of dedicated officers that get to know their committee. And so uh, that gets to know their community. And so I think this is a very good idea. And we should do it as much as we can where uh, resources are available. Uh, I'd like to have them all over the city. I would mention we have 5,000 homeless people unsheltered on our streets. So there is no you know one particular thing that is going to help them. That's why we need an all the above approach. And you know, I also mentioned we already pay nonprofits $20 million to take care of homeless folks, and they are totally maxed out, and they are asking for more help every day. And that's why we've got to do this together as a community. All right. Thank you, Mr. Keller. Mr. Aragon, one minute. I, I don't really understand the response there with regard to the public safety uh, measures or the reference to homeless. Uh, in terms of the nonprofit, I don't know if we're addressing the previous question, but here's what I could tell you is that this approach from Mayor Keller has ceased to work. It has not worked at all. Uh, you've seen a number of my videos that have been on Facebook. We've seen the uh, piling up of the homeless people that has happened downtown. Uh, we're uh, all three of us at this point are almost addressing it as a blight in the level of criminal element. Um, I don't know that anybody can actually uh, establish uh, or any uh, Burgueño here in the city of Albuquerque can say what a uh, public safety uh, zone actually is or what it even means. It has no meaning whatsoever. Uh, the whole idea of the uh, cop on the beat, or as we heard from this morning in the last cat's effort uh, by Mayor Keller to go ahead and put a cop on every corner, is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, there's no penalties for the criminals. As we know, it's a judicial system. Uh, it's a, uh, you know, be really nice to the criminals. And I got to tell you, approach uh, thank you, sir. Um, we've come to question three, and this will be the individual round where we ask each of you a separate question. Um, and this is, this is, you know, if this is a job interview, then this is the time when we uh, ask about your weaknesses, uh, possibly throwing a little chin music in here while we're at it. We will begin with Mr. Aragon. Okay. Uh, nobody would deny your talent as a communicator, but there is much more to city government than making a concise and entertaining point. So far as we can tell, you have never managed a bureaucracy, never held even a minor elected office, 
and never been extensively involved with the kind of neighborhood issues that so often serve as a training ground for our future leaders. Shouldn't this lack of experience disqualify you from being mayor of Albuquerque? You have one and a half minutes. Well, if you didn't uh, know anything about me, you'd know that I was the number one real estate for transactions in the city of Albuquerque. I mean, city of Northwest Nevada. I was a top performer uh, in terms of NAOP, working with neighborhoods, working with commercial real estate developers, working with tenants, working with private businesses. These are the people that are beat on the streets. Uh, working our bureaucracy is about leading. Manage what we need to lead. I've heard from so many people in the city of Albuquerque who are completely and totally dispirited with the way that they have uh, been trained. I'm a leader. Uh, I don't manage. I uh, teach. I lead giving people ideas and I help people see a vision. Uh, that's what I've always been given. And uh, I can tell you what I've always done, but I can tell you each and every day I address each of these issues on my radio. Show, and I carefully consider the, the solutions that are brought to me. What's happening right now at City Hall? No one's listening. Uh, what's happening uh, in our police departments? No one's listening. Everyone thinks that they come in with this remedy about how they're going to take everything or a, or a formula. It's not about it. We fail to listen to each other and everybody seems to have the right answer. I never claim I have the right answer, but what I do is I always listen to go and make sure that we can execute together. We're all in this together. There's no doubt that my experience, both as a business person in this community, is well established, and I'm willing to go ahead and take the responsibility uh, for the decisions that I make on behalf of the community, which is something that neither of my two opponents have done. Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Next, we go to Mr. Keller. Crime is, of course, top of mind in our city. Homicides are at a record high, and just last week we saw the horrific shooting at Washington Middle School. Meanwhile, our jail is running below capacity. Drug dealers and thieves seem to be operating with impunity, and calling 911 can sometimes result in spending several minutes on hold. For four years, you have had countless millions of dollars and hundreds of law enforcement officers under your command, yet these problems persist and even grow. Shouldn't this state of affairs disqualify you from being mayor of Albuquerque? You have one and a half minutes. Thank you, Peter. Well, there's no doubt crime is our biggest challenge, and it is exactly what I said when I was in this forum four years ago. And so I think the measure of my leadership is how I've been able to deal with that. Number one is I've been able to continue my commitment to hire 100 officers each year. And that's really important because when I came in, the department had been decimated. And so when you talk about some of the outcomes that you outlined, whether it's response times or whether it's what's happening on our streets, a big section of that is because of our lack of resources. Now, unfortunately, we've had lots of retirements, especially coming out of the pandemic. So we still face that backlog. But I also know that you have to address crime at a root cause. And you can't do that with just a talking point, saying you're going to be tough on crime or saying that you want to fix crime. Real leadership means addressing the problem with the respect for how difficult it is. And that means doing things like the Gateway Center to get people behavioral and mental health treatment. It means creating new departments like the Community Safety Department. And it also means continuing our efforts for reform. It is not a choice. And community trust is also what keeps us safer. And we need a mayor who is committed to all of those aspects, not just one thing. And I think that's what my administration has demonstrated. Thank you, Mr. Keller, and finally to Mr. Gonzalez. City government is all about getting the details right, and yet two separate investigations have now concluded that members of your campaign 
including allegedly yourself, submitted fraudulent paperwork as part of an effort to obtain taxpayer-supported campaign financing through the city's clean election system. As sheriff, you swore an oath to, uh, oath to uphold the law. Shouldn't this situation disqualify you from being mayor of Albuquerque? You have one and a half minutes. Thank you for the question. Absolutely not, because ne neither of those complaints have been substantiated. Uh, there's a rule of law we live by. Uh, we trust the process. We're still going through the process. We're still waiting. But here, here's what's going on. With overwhelming support, why would I need to bother to afford signatures and donations? I could easily get 10 times the number of signatures to qualify. Here's why the incumbent is using his privilege and position of power to disenfranchise a minority candidate from running to replace him because of his political agenda. And so for me, I always put people first. I have an impeccable career in the United States Marine Corps. I have an honorable family. I have an oath to the Constitution. I my pledge my loyalty to the people of this, this community, and I would never breach that. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. We will return to questions that each of you gets to field in turn. As mentioned before, crime is, of course, a big problem in Albuquerque, so big that it basically requires no further explanation. Uh, but we want to know what you're going to do to turn things around if given a chance during the next four years. You have two minutes, and we will start with Mr. Keller. Sure. Well, when it comes to crime, I, I think it's important uh, that we continue the things that I mentioned a moment ago. But, um, you know, I, I think one thing that would help crime is, frankly, if the sheriff would just help us with crime. Uh, the situation is on his watch for the last 12 years, seven years, we've seen the same thing. And crime's just as bad in the county. And so I think we need to work together. And that's why I formed the Metro Crime Initiative. It has every single law enforcement agency in the metro area at its table every two weeks coming up with real answers for violent crime. The only person that doesn't show is our sheriff. And here's what we're talking about. We're talking about fixing and adjusting things like how we deal with diversion, but also how we deal with grand juries and with the CMO order, which we can talk about more if people have questions, but how do we stop that revolving door? How do we fund parole officers, which we desperately need? Because the system needs help, not just APD. And it takes a leader who's willing to take responsibility for our problems, and that's what I do. I'm not gonna point fingers, I'm not gonna blame anyone else, but I am gonna ask for help because there is no way a single person can do this by themselves. And that's why I'm asking the governor and our legislatures and our DA and our AG for help, and they are responding. And so I know for low-level offenders, we gotta bolster diversion programs, but for violent offenders, we have to stop the revolving door. And to do that, you have to work with other people. And I also want to mention that we have a, a large technology investment coming online that's very important. I've invested over $38 million in crime fighting in Albuquerque, and all of those programs, including gunshot detection, are coming online this winter. So we are in a much, much better place as a department than we were four years ago. And most importantly, I'm leading our community together to fight crime. And that's what it's going to take to get us out of this very difficult situation. All right, thank you, Mr. Keller. Mr. Aragon, you are next. You have two minutes. I'm disappointed in the mayor at the very same time that he's saying, uh, you know, we're working together, we're doing what we can. He's uh, bagging on uh, uh, Manny Gonzalez, and there's no way to tell whether or not he is or isn't cooperating. And, 
you know what? These guys are playing politics. We need to be focused first on crime. This is everyone's problem, no matter who it is. What I can tell you is I can tell you what I'm going to do. Not going to play politics. I'm not going to let these guys go ahead and fight it out in terms of uh, who's getting the better thing. I'll reduce every category of crime going forward. Assaults, murders, car theft. I mean, how easy is that to do if you just care enough and communicate to enough people? I'm going to force longer detainment of criminals. Jails are empty. There's no bail bondsmen. I'm going to stop making officers do their job over and over. The same criminals every 48 hours. I talk to the APOA three, four times weekly with uh, with uh, uh, Sean. Uh, I'm going to force longer detainment of drivers with THC in their system. That's something that we can actually do because it's a Schedule 1 drug. You know, remember, politics transcends culture. People need to understand that. Stage officer pay. Remove overtime. That's $20 million right now. These guys need to have balanced lives. There's over 160 uh, uh, officers who are making over $100,000. That's crazy in, in a lot of this uh, chief's overtime. I'll have a no-settlement policy. It's something we should have got a long time ago with attorneys. We'll have the city of Albuquerque protect its officers. We'll block qualified immunity from being operational uh, here in the city of Albuquerque. I will make that happen. We need to support our police. That's job one. We've got to improve the morale of our Albuquerque Police Department. Instead, what you've seen is the outgoing guy, Chief Geyer, and then the incoming guy, Medina. Nobody cares about that drama. While they're fighting and more politics all under Tim's watch, we're sitting here, you know, dealing with the worst uh, crime crisis. I'm going to increase the average salary of APD officers to number one in New Mexico, currently number six. Uh, Tim didn't do that. And I'm going to make every effort to work around the non-cooperation of ICE detainers. I'm going to work with federal agencies behind the scenes to feed them information to help them crack down on crime and cartel. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we conclude this question with Mr. Gonzalez. You have two minutes. Thank you. Crime is the number one problem. It's impacting businesses. It's impacting tourism. It's impacting economic development. We have to wrap our arms around crime and get a handle on it. Nobody has a, a more extensive and comprehensive understanding of this. Nobody's more committed and has fought this 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 crime for longer than us and first and foremost nobody's smarter about it nobody's collaborated more and nobody has reached across the aisle more than i have even in the attacks politically that i received even by my own party but this is my point i always put people first not politics and what we're going to do is we're going to fleece out all the unconstitutional uh, policies that are out there to include sanctuary cities. And we already do cooperate with the federal agencies because nobody has collaborated more and has strategized and has a better relationship, which take decades than I have established with our federal partners. And we are taking people off the streets, the most dangerous. And we're taking off literally hundreds of guns and, and tons of, of drugs and breaking up criminal networks, cartels, organized gangs, all these things that we don't bolster about, but we do it on behalf of the city because that's where the problem lies. We've mitigated crime and we have fought crime in the, in the county. We've mitigated to the point where we've been able to jump in and help the city out because people are begging us in the city because the crime's so bad and we've gone to the most marginalized areas, not to the places that would benefit anybody politically, but what was right for the people. And I'll continue to do the same as a mayor. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. And now let us turn to other uh, hopefully less grim matters. 
as you all know, the city of Albuquerque provides a wide variety of public services and programs for everything from airports to roads to community centers and even a zoo. Please tell us about three priorities you have for improving city government that have nothing to do with crime or homelessness. You have two minutes and we will begin with Mr. Aragon. How about just removing art for starters? It's a bad idea um, and we've seen that commerce uh, first and foremost, I think we need to go ahead and evaluate what the cost would be rather than uh, be told the propaganda. Uh, that has absolutely been, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Gonzalez talks about the crown jewel. I remember growing up on Knob Hill. I remember going to the pit. I remember going to all these places uh, where we'd go back and forth. The art has absolutely decimated businesses. And I think the costs of that uh, do not outweigh the benefits of uh, raising the, uh, the big flag of Knob Hill and downtown and uh, opening things up. Uh, this newfangled thing that they've uh, tried to establish uh, with the uh, Albuquerque Rabbit Transit and $120 million, um, that, that's uh, first and foremost. We've got to look at that. We've got to get rid of that and open things back up. Second, I mean, and this is a huge one, uh, no more public-private partnerships. You know, that's taxpayer money. There's so many things that we could be using that money for, yet we go ahead and we want to hand it to uh, the owner of a soccer team. Or we want to hand it to Netflix or hand it to those. Uh, no one's done a cost-benefit analysis of what's happening uh, in terms of the economic benefit for the city of Albuquerque. Certainly, we have seen all that uh, everywhere. But a big thing that we could really do is do the third thing, is reuse that for to create better venues. We are a absolute destination. People love the weather, both in the spring and in the fall. And when they come, they want to see great things, not just the balloon fiesta, the music festivals. Um, you know, I'm the rock of talk. You've got the metal mayor. What are the things that we haven't done is really utilize what we have as a city. Our occupancies uh, there at the convention center and the other places, they're lower than 30 percent. That's job one. You've got to make that pitch and bring in more money with more things that people want to see. Remember, we have a lot of rural areas around the uh, around Albuquerque. Why not attract people to the city of Albuquerque uh, throughout the rest of the state by really uh, pushing that for more? live venues, live opportunities here in the, and not spending $70 million. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Mr. Aragon. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, you are next. Uh, three priorities for city government that have to do with crime or homelessness. You have two minutes. Absolutely. But first and foremost, outside the mayor's office, I would replace a lot of the political appointees that have high salaries with competent professionals that understand the role of government and understand the direction and the positive direction that Albuquerque deserves. I would create staffing to provide the services that the people are lacking in any department. So I would increase sales, especially in the business side with inspectors, licensing. And, and then I would also evaluate all the policies that make it so difficult for people to do business, build a house, or develop a a uh, subdivision, I would review all those type of things aside from it, and then actually use the money when we audit certain programs and apply them to beautifying the city. Because the state of the city, from what is in the worst condition it's ever been in the history of Albuquerque, that's gotten worse and and continues to get worse over the last several years. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Uh, Mr. Keller, to close this question, you have two minutes. All right, well, thank you. And I, I think um, 
I want to honor this question the same way uh, Eddie did with some talk about the future and the vision. Uh, but look, I, I just have to say the city is not in the worst condition it's ever been in. Anyone who grew up here in the 90s knows that. Uh, and also, um, just to defend the professionals of the city, I mean, it's okay if you don't like me, that's fine. But uh, Lawrence Rail, Sarita Nair, we have incredible people running the city. And uh, I hope any mayor candidate would uh, continue that tradition. So here's what I would do. I think we need uh, more things for families and kids, number one. And this is something I wanted to do. The pandemic kind of got in the way. But I want to make sure that literally every single person in Albuquerque knows what they can do after school and on the weekend and during the summer with their kids. Or in some cases, without their kids, because maybe they have to work or do other things. And we do that now for about half the kids in Albuquerque. But I want to do it for every single kid. The second thing I want to do is uh, I do think we need to lean in and finish the gateway. And I will tell you that I'm just telling you, we can't actually fix a lot of these other problems until we commit as a city, regardless of who's mayor, to actually delivering services. And that's just a building to do it in. We've got to do that. The second thing is the stadium is a good debate. You know, my vision of the stadium is another isotope stadium. It will bring people from other areas, as Eddie mentioned. It can be a way to facilitate arts and culture when there isn't a game going on. I view it as a giant outdoor museum and performance space. And I think the city, I know the city, if it happens, will own it. So uh, the team's just going to rent it for their games. And so I do think that will lift us up uh, to a real pride point in Southwest region. Uh, thank you, Mr. Keller and Stayon. You're coming up next uh, for the for first for the next question, rather, uh, which is about the pandemic. COVID-19 is, of course, a global problem, uh, and much of the public policy surrounding it is managed out of Washington and Santa Fe. Still, what role, if any, do you think the city has in managing the pandemic? You have one and a half minutes, and Mr. Keller to start. Well, managing the pandemic is a summary of, you know, at least half of everything, if not more, that I've been doing for the last 18 months. And Albuquerque took a very different strategy than many cities, and it was a leadership strategy. It said, number one, we are going to do everything we can to help people during the pandemic. So we fought to bolster the safety net, whether it was issues around eviction, whether it was literally uh, supporting small businesses that would have gone out of business, to rolling out 20 million plus in economic development programs that even included artists and entrepreneurs. It also meant pushing out $300 million in capital investment. That's why you see two new community centers being built on Route 66, why you see a giant library on Route 66. It's why you see cranes up for the first time in many years in our city building things, and you see working families being employed. These were all as a result of actions that we were able to take during the pandemic. But also we kept our parks open. We said we have to have places for our families to go. We kept open space open. And we also enforced the public health order, but we did it with compliance. We said, just do the right thing, follow the law, and you'll be fine. Uh, we didn't punish people. We didn't shame people. We said we're all in this together. And that's what we're prepared to do again this fall if we need to. Mr. Mr. Aragon. Uh, as you know, I've been a uh, huge proponent of uh, medical choice and allowing people to make their own decisions based upon what they choose to do. My body, my choice uh, has applied for other things as the abortion uh, capital of the world uh, versus it doesn't apply when it comes to uh, the injecting yourself uh, with a needle. Uh, there's plenty of people who are vaxxed uh, and they have made that decision to go ahead and do it. 
It's not an actual vaccination. So these uh, state health orders that come in, our mayor has not stood up uh, to the governor uh, and neither has our uh, our sheriff. I was thrown out of a a business uh, as they were enfor- enforcing mask orders from the Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office. Somebody has to stand up and say enough is enough. We've been, quote unquote, leading the charge, but on the bleeding edge of shutting things down. Our local economy has been decimated. We have the highest unemployment rate in the entire country. Uh, Albuquerque itself is not a place for commerce. Uh, at this point, this is what COVID has had on it. But, you know, there is a, a, a public safety component that uh, does have to go ahead and keep people safe. But it also is uh, people's individual responsibility to go ahead and make that decision on their own. We can provide the opportunity. We can you know, certainly provide the opportunity for these people to get tested and vaxxed and everything else. But again, it's their choice and we can enforce certain things that make sense. But none of what we've done for the last 18 months here in the city of Albuquerque uh, has made sense. We have shut down our city. Uh, there was no need to comply with many of those orders that have come down. They have seemed absolutely insane. And, and I, for one, uh, can tell you uh, what an ounce of prevention is much better than what we've been doing with this uh, COVID, uh, COVID of cure. Thank you. Um, and to close out the question, Mr. Gonzalez, the city's role in managing the pandemic. Well, I, I work for the people and this is the government of the people. I never have put a political party or political agendas in front of the people's needs. Those are individual rights by each and every person. And so for us, we support those rights. Uh, it's up to parents to decide whether their, their kids need masks. Obviously, in public places, that's another issue. Uh, we didn't uh, get caught up in administrative orders. What was most pressing for people, and we listened to them, and we followed through, is was crime. And I fought crime, and, and our staff fought crime smartly to the point where it got the attention of the Attorney General of the United States and the President. And they, we needed help, and the people needed help. And when they needed help, that's where we delivered it. The pandemic can't have a one-size-fits-all. You need to tailor it for the needs of the people. You can't shut down their businesses where this state is already economically the worst in the country. And why would you infringe on people's rights to open up their private businesses, which were ruled in the Supreme Court, at, to adhere to party politics? You have to put people before politics, and I always will. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Our next question is, if elected, will you retain the chief of police? And if not, who would you appoint? You have one minute. We'll start with Mr. Aragon. Uh, great question. And I want to go back and, and, and say, um, without answering it uh, directly yet, that we have to evaluate. A lot of people would look at a guy like me and say, oh, he's just going to clean house and get rid of everybody. I know lots of people who are for the city of Albuquerque. They're big supporters of me you know, my radio station, what I talk about. And uh, I would want to talk to each and every person, uh, police officers. I have a great relationship with the Albany Police Officers Association, you know, the economic development group, the planning group. These are all people that I know. And I can tell you very quickly, uh, I'd want to know what their vision. These people have 10, 15, 20, 30 years invested, people who don't want to retire. They care about what they want to do. So I'd love to sit down with uh, Chief Medina and I'd first want to understand, oh, what has he learned in his long time with the Albuquerque Police Department before just dismissing him outright? We're going to approach everybody as if they care about the city of Albuquerque. We're going to understand their vision. They'll hear my vision. And together, we're going to come up with a solution. 
But as it currently stands, given the drama between Medina and Geyer, I would probably have leave. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, you are next. One minute. Yes. In, in my current understanding of the way they've organized this structure of the mayor's office to the police chief, there's another person in between, which is a CEO of the city. Not only would I replace the chief of police, but also would replace that person that's in charge, because those are the exact issues that over-politicize a police department, which is supposed to be the neutral body of the government to provide the services that protect people's most sacred things. Those are three things, their rights, their lives, and their property. And there can be no, there has to be a direct accountability from the chief to the mayor, and that would be done day one. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Mr. Keller, one minute. Sure. Well, um, a couple of things. I think first, um, look, I, I, I really respect and appreciate the concept that these officers have been trying hard to keep our city safe for much of their career. And so I would hope anyone would certainly talk to them and listen to them. And also, you know, there there are laws that govern our city that the mayor can't control. So the CAO is by charter in charge of all the uh, police officers. So you, can, you can't just eliminate that because you want to. And so I think the long story short is if our crew in aggregate, all of the brass and all of the leaders are making progress on crime that's real, are making progress on reform that's real, and they're increasing confidence in the community and in the department, then I will absolutely keep them. All right, thank you, Mr. Kellen. Um, let's move on to our next question here. Uh, and this is, uh, and as you can probably tell, we're, we're getting from, we're going from the questions that were submitted ahead of time uh, to the questions that were uh, submitted during this forum. So it's a, a bit more on the fly right now. Uh, your position on sanctuary cities, we'll give you one minute for that and start with Mr. Keller. Peter, was that? Yes, that was that was for your, your position on sanctuary cities. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so, you know, this is another good example. I, I understand if people have different opinions, that's fine. This is a city ordinance. So once again, a mayor can't just wave a magic wand and change everything. But I support our city ordinance. Uh, we're an immigrant-friendly city. I have supported immigrants regardless of documentation uh, since I was a state senator and since I was a state auditor. I take an oath to uh, protect and help everyone in my community. There is nothing in that oath that speaks to any kind of formal documentation. And that's why I honor that oath. And I think it's very important that we have trust between our uh, police officers and the immigrant community. And you cannot have that if you are using anti-immigrant rhetoric, if you're supporting de deportations, and frankly, if you're buying into Donald Trump and Attorney General Barr's agenda. That makes our city even less safe. Thank you, Mr. Conn. Mr. Aragon, Sanctuary Cities. I am absolutely in total disagreement with the city ordinance. I would uh, use the bully pulpit of the mayor's office to put the Albuquerque, uh, uh, the people of Albuquerque first. I'm dead set against Sanctuary Cities. Uh, I will continue to repeat that. Uh, we don't need to be one. And I can tell you that Mayor Keller did not cash a $10 million check uh, because he was more focused on playing the politics in, in an election year 
and was speaking out directly to Donald Trump with the ridiculousness of, of making signs that, you know, we, we nothing's good here from Donald Trump. Uh, let me tell you something. As a Hispanic 11th generation and somebody who knows many people who were legal immigrants who've come in, the biggest people who are opposed to illegal immigration and becoming a sanctuary city are legal immigrants. These are people who've worked hard. They've worked through the system. They paid the price because they love this country. And I can tell you right now, putting the citizens of Albuquerque first ahead of the legal immigrants who come in, and you know how they pay their way to get here, uh, will be putting... Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Your time is expired. Thank you. Sir. Uh, Mr. Gonzalez, uh, to close out the question on sanctuary cities, one minute. And you're, you're muted, sir. I would go through a legal review and and examine to see if that sanctuary city policy is deemed constitutional. If it is not, I would use my executive office and power to remove that through a legal review. And if you want to really look at it from a basic standpoint, a community standpoint and a people standpoint, this is a minority majority state. And that is a very divisive policy because it pits immigrants against minorities. And anything that pits people against each other is bad. And so I would I would say we already have United States immigration laws. We should adhere to them, especially as elected officials, because we took a constitutional oath and I've never breached that. So I would make sure that those policies are deemed constitutional. And then if not, we don't enforce them. And or we don't honor them because they would be deemed null and void. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. And our, our lightning round continues. Uh, if voters approve, one of you will begin your term later this year with a standing order to construct a new soccer stadium and at least $50 million with which to do it. Where should such a stadium be constructed and why? One minute. Mr. Aragon goes first. It shouldn't. We have uh, other priorities. Uh, there isn't a bond that we don't like here in the city of Albuquerque. Uh, I'm willing to challenge, and I'm glad that it's on the ballot and it made the ballot uh, two nights ago on city council. You will find that the voters are going to be dead set against it, especially in this COVID crisis. There wasn't one game, not one game that was played in front of a crowd in all of 2020. I understand the need for a different venue at a different time. This is not the time to go ahead and construct a new stadium. Uh, if the uh, if we get there, and I don't think that we will, uh, and we're thinking about a place to put a, a brand new stadium, as uh, being a former resident of downtown, we'll evaluate that. But as a commercial real estate guy, we'll look at traffic counts, we'll look at everything else. If that's something that they wanted, I can tell you there's nobody better to have a better understanding of what's happening in terms of the attraction. I worked at the First Baptist Church, the Metro Center. I was a commercial real estate broker. I'm going to tell you where the best place to put it. But I can tell you the voters... Come November, we're going to turn out in mass to turn down the new soccer stadium at a cost of $50 million to the taxpayers. Thank you, Mr. Aragon. Mr. Gonzalez, one minute. Can you repeat? Uh, yes. Uh, what, where would you uh, construct a new soccer stadium uh, and why in that place? And you're, you're muted right now. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, Mr. Rice. 
So are you asking me if it's approved or or if it's or or my position on it? I'm confused. Uh, if 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 voters is approved, you will begin your term uh, with more or less a standing order okay. to do soccer stadium. So I'm wondering. Okay, so where we're and why. okay, Mr. Rice. So if it's approved, I would through intensive research of where it's we're going to get the most economic bang for our buck and identify that location for commerce and ensure that it's in the best interest of of everybody that's in the metro area and i would take that approach so i have people and identify that area uh, the economic developers of this community to identify that that place in albuquerque thank you thank you mr gonzalez mr you have one minute well, you know, number one is I want to make sure it's a multi-use stadium. I want to make sure that uh, the city owns it just like we do isotopes. Uh, and, you know, I want to make sure that we've got partners putting in real funding just like we did for the isotope stadium. And we did fund a giant study that said it should go uh, downtown. And it doesn't mean that's right. I'm actually open to putting it anywhere. But how to understand a little bit of logic about cities and, you know, most uh, great cities, big and small, even minor league and triple A teams, uh, they have successful stadiums downtown. But I think Eddie raises a good point. This is a real estate transaction. And so if we can't find the available property and people won't sell us that land and get a look elsewhere. Also, I want to make sure the neighborhoods uh, are okay with it and that it lifts up neighborhoods. And so uh, I'm going to be very sensitive uh, to that aspect as well. I think you can Next question. The Albuquerque Police Department is in the middle of a court approved settlement agreement. This topic is of particular importance to the uh, person who submitted this question. Being an impacted individual that has lost a loved one in the middle of a mental health crisis who was shot by the responding department. What are your plans to see APD through the CASA process? Uh, you have one minute and we'll begin with Mr. Gonzalez. So I would work with the leadership of the Albuquerque Police Department and work with the with the monitor and, and and get compliance. So there's been so many setbacks and so many excuses made is figure out if the monitor is actually compliant through a legal review and then set the goalpost goal because oftentimes we're saying they're being moved. But more importantly is change the leadership, which has been very distracting for the the direction of the police department and the services of the people and hold people accountable there and make sure that the the chief of police that we select is competent enough to to support and so staff ourselves with the legal staff and the administrative police staff he needs to get that job done and without any com compromises to public safety thank you Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Mr. Keller, one minute. <clears throat> well, I, I just have to, I, I can't not uh, express that our chief is competent, and so is the chief before him. And I, I just wouldn't say that about anyone in law enforcement. You may not agree with them, but they're competent. And uh, I know clearly the sheriff said he's the smartest person on law enforcement, so um, I just disagree. And so, look, here's the deal with reform. Number one is we created the superintendent position to drive that reform and make sure that we had a chief who could focus on crime. I think it's really important to keep that structure. It's innovative and both the officers like it, the reform folks like it. This is the kind of innovation that we need to keep going forward with. And also none of this is easy. 
I mean, I would just tell you, you know, I'm the second mayor of this, whoever it is next time, we're the third mayor, to just say that you can wash this away by saying things. <clears throat> it's a disjustice to the family you mentioned. If this was that easy, we wouldn't have those problems. And so to honor the memory of those who have been victims. Thank you, Mr. Your time has expired. Uh, Mr. Aragon, to close out this question, you have one minute. Thank you. Um, well, uh, Manny does have another year on his term, and he certainly has talked about uh, converging APD with uh, BCSO to alleviate, you know, using cameras, non-compliance, or what have you. Uh, we have seen the hem and hawing that's coming from a lot of people complaining about the DOJ. Look, we've got to accelerate our compliance as quickly as possible. If we're going to complain about it, let's just shut up about it, get fully compliant. But the ACLU sent me a question about this entire thing and said, would you continue to do everything uh, that is in place that has been set by the uh, DOJ? And the fact is, no, we're going to run our own police department. So we're going to accelerate, get everything above board. I think we have another five years, maybe four years left on this thing. We need to be fully compliant. That way we can push the DOJ out of here. We can run our own uh, city of Albuquerque police department because it's not being run right. And it really puts an undue stress, handcuffs our officers handcuffs uh, our ability to have law, law enforcement uh, here in the city of Albuquerque. And look what's happened. Our police officers have been afraid. Sir, to any time is expired. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. Uh, and we've, uh, I'm afraid we are just about uh, out of time here this evening, but by way of closing out, we wanted to give each of you a chance to give a, a brief closing statement. Uh, it'll be one minute long, and Mr. Keller will go first. Well, uh, great to have a discussion, and I know this is just the beginning. And, you know, I think, look, there's one stark thing that I think it's important people highlight. It's very easy to just say things. It's a different thing to actually understand what a mayor can do. A judge is in charge of our DOJ and our police reform process. A mayor can't fix that, and it's for good reason. And you got to honor that to get things done. I also think just saying we should do things like cut overtime, that would descend our city into chaos. We need overtime right now to adequately police our city. And I also want to think about this notion that, you know, the city is somehow different than the county. The county's cracking right. It was on the front page of the journal. It's just as bad as the city. So look, I think we need a mayor who's going to keep us moving forward. And he knows the difference between a talking point and actually crafting policy and moving our city forward. And I want to keep rolling out the thousands of new jobs that we lined up during the recovery. I want to step up big for the unhoused by finishing the Gateway Center. And I want to make sure to move forward. Mr. Gonzalez, uh, your closing statement, one minute. Yes, Mr. Rice. In closing, I want everybody to take the opportunity for, uh, for this opportunity to join our campaign so everybody can thrive. If people don't want the same results they are getting from this incumbent, they should vote for me, Manny Gonzalez. My track record speaks for itself. Look at what I've done as a sheriff. I've done a lot more with less, less money, less resources. We can do great things with $250 million budgets with the Albuquerque Police Department. I'm asking for the citizens and their support and their vote to restore Albuquerque as a crown jewel of the Southwest. And I appreciate everybody having me on today. I'd like to thank the candidates. Have a good evening. Thank you, Mr. Gonzalez. Uh, Mr. Aragon, to close us out here, one minute. The track record of our leadership, both in uh, in Bernalillo County as well as the city of Albuquerque, is abysmal. That's why I stepped up. I'm uh, here sharing my vision. I want to lead this city. 
out of the doldrums and we want to go from failure to first. Uh, this isn't about politics. Uh, I love the city. Uh, grew up in Martinez town. I have two children. I want them to be here. I got to, uh, we all love the city, but I know this city better than my opponents. And let me tell you, I'm going to fight for the 505. That's why I want you to go to fightfor505.com. It's not about me. It's not about It's not about anything other than the five seeds that we're going to focus on, which, of course, is our city first. No one's going to run our city better. We're going to get rid of uh, how we handle COVID here in the city of Albuquerque. We're going to restore commerce. I will tackle crime each and every single day. We do it every day here. And uh, more than anybody, I'm the guy who can battle corruption. So join our campaign. Have a lot of fun. Let's take the city back. Fightfor505.com. Thank you for your time and your invitation. Thank you, Mr. Aragon. This is The Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque.